the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is 5 a.m. everyone. It is Friday morning, April the 1st, and it's not an April Fool joke. 2022, good old 710 KNUS, the voice of the people. I'm Peter Boyles. One last time, as I said last night, this is the, this is the time, this is the moment the cowboy rides away. Weather forecast is always high in the 50s, light rain. We're in the View House, I-25 at Arapahoe Road. What a great place and what a lineup of stars. We're waiting to kick the show off with the vice president of uh, Salem, the one and only Phil Boyce. We work together at KHLW Radio. Danny Hopkins is on the show. Robert Spencer, Tim Furnish, David Smith, Mark Pearson, Rick Lewis from the old Fox Morning Show. Mandy Connell's coming on the show. I got a nice text last night from Ross. Dick Wadhams is on the show. Trim is on the show. Don Reggae is on the show. Lee Larson, Dan Kaplis, the hitman, Joe Williams from Westward, the one and only Mike Roberts. Dave Logan's on the show. Tancredo's on the show and some hidden surprises. So uh, we're going to stand by right now for the big boss, and then we'll roll into Danny Hopkins, who really gave me my first break in radio, and we'll tell those stories. But uh, Casey is here, and, of course, the bosses are all here. Kelly Michaels is here. Brian Taylor's here. One and only Mike Boyle, who really, really, really helped put this together at the View House. And, of course, again, and Billy, who has won yeoman's work on doing this. Again, we're in a standby to kick this puppy off, and we will have the vice president of, uh, they say, spoken word, which is really the inside term for talk radio. And it's been a long, interesting time, and I've had a, a long time, as you probably know. If not, I had um, what's called a, a TIA, and it's um, a mini-stroke is the best way to say it. It's this that happens, and it happens when blood cannot flow into part of your brain. And the TIA only lasts minutes. I was on a radio show when it happened to me, and I started speaking in tongues, and it lasts, you know, minutes, or some of them, and I've read quite a bit, and the good part of it is I come out of this apparently unscathed, but it doesn't, it doesn't cause any lasting damage, and it's still important to get immediate medical care. And I really want to thank Stephen Tubbs and Ellen Graham, and of course, always with Billy Thorpe, but uh, after the event happened, and, and if you were listening to it, uh, it was kaboom. It was really an interesting experience because I tried to explain it like it was like back when I was, um, again, as an alcoholic and an addict, when I was in, in the middle of my disease and the causes of my disease, and it would happen. You just go kind of, and a lot of people understand this, where you think, you're, you think the words are coming out, but they're coming out backwards. And I spoke a foreign language, I think Norwegian. I think I was speaking Norwegian on the air. And Billy, God love him, comes in and says, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. And uh, George Brockler came in and rescued me. And I walk out in the hallway thinking I'm just going to go to the gym. And uh, in the hallway were four or five paramedics. And if you recall, it was a snowstorm day, and they put me in the back of the ambulance, took the sled ride, and I went over to, uh, and it's just an incredible place, the medical center of Aurora. And, and they would put me in the ER, and I went through all the testing, touch your nose, can you spell your name? What time, of the, what time is it, what day of the week is it? Um, 
you know, give me all, touch your nose, do all those kinds of things. Then they put me in a, uh, they're just scans. They put you in the scan, and they ran me back and forth in the scan. And then the first physician came in, and she said, we can't find any sign of anything that happened to you. And I said, okay, fine. And they said, we're going to keep you overnight. And I said, all right. And then I had to uh, do, which I just always feared, is to go into the tube. And that one scared me. And um, I got, uh, the next day, I, they gave me the Michael Jackson drug. And uh, I went into, uh, and had that done. Came out the other side of that, um, Dr. Spencer, uh, my now my neurologist, and they came in, and it was a Friday afternoon. We're still sitting there, and my, my kids are waiting to take me home. And again, I can't tell you how great the Aurora, that medical center of Aurora is. And um, they said, look, we, you've had an event, although we can't find any sign of it. In other words, there's nothing that we can see uh, that says that you've had it, but we know you did, and um, the sort of major causes of it. So... Um, in true fashion, I got a text from the radio station, are you coming back to work Monday or would you, would you like us to get a fill-in? And I said, uh, I think we better talk. And so uh, Monday morning I was in my boss's office, Brian Taylor, along with Kelly Michaels and, and Mel Ferguson, and they'll all be here, but Brian's here now and Kelly's here now. And I said, guys, I, I think I'm going to quit, resign, whatever the terms are, and call it, call it a day. And we got Phil? We got Phil. Oh, that's, so we can go back to that story. It's five minutes after the hour. Uh, I have spoken twice with this man since this began. You talk about going back in time. Ladies and gentlemen, in New York City, the vice president of Salem Broadcasting, and we worked together in the Petroleum Club building in downtown Denver, KHOW Radio. What a career he's had. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil Boyce, boss, good morning, and welcome to the View House in Denver. We getting through to him? Ta-da. Yeah, hello. There I'm we are. Hey, boss. Having a, getting the connection. So uh, I think, but can you hear me? I, I, Phil, I'm, we're having a hard time on our end. Um, Billy's giving me the, the bingo bingo. Um, what year were you working at KHW Radio? I was at KHAL quite. Uh, Let's see. Uh, you're asking me tough questions. I have to work my brain this early. Uh, in uh, 75, maybe, right in there. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's all right. I was there for about uh, four or five years. Was it uh, KIMN for, I think, seven or eight years? Hey, Bosk, are you on a speakerphone because we're getting a blowback? Yeah, let me see if I can turn this off. Yeah, please do that. And we'll... Is this any, yeah, I turned that off. Is this any better? Yes, it is. Much better. Thank you. So we met, uh, and it was in the Petroleum Club building, and it was downtown 16th and Broadway. How old were you then? Uh, boy, I must have been in my... Probably late twenties. Yeah, and you grew up. You're, if I think you're, you're actually a Colorado kid. Your roots are here. I grew up in Pueblo, yeah. and uh, it was a great place to grow up because if you want to go into radio, 
there were like 11 stations for 100,000 people. So there were plenty of jobs. And you, uh, you know, I started at 14 at KFEL, which was a kind of 1,000-watt AM day timer. And my Sunday school teacher took me to the station, and I started to hang out there. And pretty soon they hired me. And I don't think my voice had changed yet. I was still sounding like a girl, but uh, they didn't care. And uh, I think there's a tape of me doing a newscast there where uh, I'm talking about the Vietnam War. You know, when we look back and Phil and I talked, i got to tell you how important he's been for me, especially coming to work at Salem. But we always intertwined. We always, I always knew where he was. I know he was in New York and... Uh, Martino's coming on the show uh, later this morning to say goodbye as well. And Tommy goes back along oh, with good. Phil. Yeah, goes back along. I mean, you see the lineup of stars that are showing up for this. But and I, you know, and I thought to myself, where did you when you left Denver? Where did you go? Yeah, I went to Detroit. Yeah, and then from Detroit, I was. At K. Howe, they let me go, kind of a budget cut. We had the third owner in three years, and they just decided they didn't need a high-priced news director. And so it was actually Lee Larson, a good friend of ours, yours and mine. Yeah, he's on today. Who uh, recommended me to uh, ABC in New York. Uh, Don Belucas was the president of ABC. And, and Lee called him and said, I've got this guy here in Denver. They just let him go, and he's really terrific. Uh, I almost hired him as my program director at uh, KOA, and uh, he's good enough to program any of your stations. You ought to hire him somewhere. So they uh, Don did call me the next day and uh, flew me out to Detroit to be the PD at WJR, the number one station in Market 6. And I didn't think I was nearly qualified enough to do it, but they didn't care. They hired me. And it uh, was a great uh, run there, four years in Detroit, and then they moved to New York City. Uh, For 14 years, I was the program director of WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation. Wow. And you're the man, when people talk about making a move, you brought Sean Hannity. I'm I'm crowing on you here, but you brought Sean Hannity onto radio, and you fired Bob Grant. <laughs> how much? How much heat yeah. did you take for that one? Yeah, there was a lot of heat for that. We lost half our listeners overnight. Uh, you know, Bob was incendiary and would say things that would get people in trouble, and uh, you know, some of the things were borderline racist. I don't really think he was a racist, but. Uh, he would say things that would infuriate you. Know, you think about the left now. Well, he would say things that would infuriate the left then. And you know, we were bought by Disney, and Disney had no tolerance for controversy. Uh, of course, look how Disney is so woke now. I mean, it's probably a good thing that they ended up selling radio thing out of part of the business. They still own ABC, but they sold WABC back then. But at that time, you know, I, you know, Bob was uh, an icon in New York City. He had like a seven show, which was a very big number in New York. 
and uh, they made me fire him. Uh, you know, I don't even think I could tell him when I called him in to fire him that I, I choked up. And he looked up at me, and I, you know, I had a tear coming down my cheek. And he said, "You look like you're trying to fire me." And I said, "Yeah, I am trying. I'm not doing a very good job of it." <laughs> uh, and as I said, half my listeners walked out with him. He went across the street, and so he competed with me at yeah. WOR. He was hired over there by a general manager named Barry Crowley. Well, guess who works for me now? Yeah. Barry Crowley yeah, is my general manager you know, in New York City. Phil Boyce is here, um, vice president of Salem, and he's been tremendous to me. And, of course, this is the last song. But um, how many years have you been in the business now? Well, let's see. Uh, something like uh, 55, wow. something like that. Wow. Right, so seemed like a long time because we have this so structured and so tight and uh, so many people that want to be on the show. We wanted to lead with you. Um, what's happened real quickly to talk radio? Know the importance of talk and rush led the way. And then you put all these guys on the air. What, what's next, Phil? What do you think happens next? Well, a lot of stations have suffered that had Rush uh, because he's not there. He was the anchor. He was the glue that held everything together. So many of the stations that had Rush, their ratings have suffered. But it's also opened up the door for new, uh, very talented people. Uh, I put a guy on in that spot here at Salem, Charlie Kirk, and he's doing gangbusters. Uh, and, you know, he's up against a guy named Dennis Prager, yeah. who's been on my company for 20 years. And so I, I can offer stations, uh, either Charlie Kirk, the young up-and-coming superstar, or Prager, the avuncular kind of college professor type. So if you've got different tastes, you can choose a different type of host. So what's happening to talk radio? I, I think, uh, honestly, a lot of it's going to podcasting. That's a little bit of a concern for those of us in radio. But here at Salem, I started the Salem Podcast Network about a year ago. I put Charlie Kirk there, and I put Dinesh D'Souza there. And those two guys are like the two horses pulling the wagon. They're doing a great job. Uh, and another thing that we're doing at Salem is starting the Salem News Channel. So we've got an over-the-top television network. Yeah. We're not trying to get on cable. It's too expensive. But you can watch us now on SalemNewsChannel.com, 24-7-365. We've got a feed. We've got a show. Wow. So uh, if you're getting, you know, you know, I think there's there's a market for what we do, just as big as there ever was. And I think people will follow us on all these platforms. Let me do this, sir, because of time and how tight the show is scheduled. It's five hours long. Uh, I know we have a project up our sleeves, and... I'll give you a call first part of next week, but I, I needed to say this to you publicly. You took a chance. Uh, you took a risk when I got fired at Cahow, and um, you, were, you, were, you said yes when Brian Taylor asked about me. And so publicly, I've said it privately, but publicly thank you from me and from my family and for the last decade. But thank you so much for allowing me to do a live morning show and, 710K in U.S., and I owe you. So, boss, thanks. Well, let me thank you for all the years that you gave us. Well, and because I knew you when that happened, I wasn't going to let that incident define you. It wasn't really you. 
and uh, of course there hasn't been any issue since then. So <laughs> we've it come close. Out to be a really good move. <laughs> we've well, come close. I'm sure you have. Yeah. I I I, uh, I I remember that incident still, and I understand that the guy uh, is is going to be on with you. This yeah, morning. he's coming so, by. We'll see what uh, happens. It's so backed. Listen, Phil, um, I'll give you a call Monday, Tuesday. We talk, but from me and my family and the staff and everybody, you are the man. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Be safe. 16 minutes after the hour, this is the man who is responsible for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Danny Hopkins, at the time, uh, Danny was running the AAA Auto Club, and uh, I had hair down on my shoulders, and he gave me a break. I know he's going to be down here later uh, to be in person. Daniel San, good morning, man, and thank you. Uh, and it means so much to me to talk to you two live. So, Dan Hopkins, everybody, good morning, sir. We got Danny. I know he's going to be down here. Um, here. Yeah, there you go. Danny, you there? I'm here. Good morning. You're in the other room. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> How are you, sir? Well, so as I continue to talk, yes, Danny. Yeah, I'm good. I'm here. Yeah, I'm good. Danny Hopkins gave me my first break as a writer for the traffic reports. I have no idea why he did it. I think I, I think I, I was probably some sympathetic street creature, and he said, "Okay, I'll give you a gig." Um. And to you for, as I just said it to Boyce, you know, if you hadn't done what you did, Danny, I, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. So, man, thank you. Well, we, we've been friends a good long time. And I was thinking back, you know, Peter, we were both young men. We are both in our 20s. You're, you're in our close to the same age. Uh, you're a few years older than I am, but we're both in our 70s. We're both young guys in our 20s, and we were kind of making this all up as we went along. So I didn't really feel like I was taking a chance on you. I felt that you were... Uh, kind of a kindred spirit. We were going to work out as part of the part of the team as we figured this out together. Well, I just know that it was Dave Shuey, you, and then when um, traffic reporters were not coming to work on time, and yes. I uh, I took the on air, and actually it was the morning my daughter was born. And uh, the guy didn't show that. up for yeah the guy didn't show up for work and I went on the air and uh, some other things happened I convinced you that I could actually be a traffic reporter and you were kind enough to say go ahead and I was doing traffic reporting for Cat Radio Gus Marcus and Ed Green and the late Jack Merker and Jack Merker said to me during a pause do you want or, you know would you like to do weekend radio. And I had never been in a radio station in my life because, remember, we worked out of that little tiny booth. Right. And um, well, I remember, it, was, it was quite a time. Oh, radio was great time. Yeah. We did traffic for K. Well, we were stealing traffic reports. We can now tell this story that we had a from a used junkyard down on Santa Fe. We had a it was a Mercury radio, Danny. I remember it was a Mercury out of a Mercury. And you, I didn't know about formatics. I didn't know about any of that stuff. Oh. And you set the buttons on KHLW Radio, KOA, and Kim. Was that the three we stole from? Right, right. 
And we had Dick Dillon. I would say we, we shared information. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had Bob, we had Don Martin, Dick Dillon. And who was flying for KOA? Do you remember? Art Newman. Yes. Art Newman. Art Newman. Who later became all those guys. They were all became. I, I told Dylan, finally told Dylan we stole from him, and he said we knew. And we would jump around and we'd yeah, write, they knew. Yeah, we'd write down their traffic wrecks. And then we'd well, go. Well, the three of them would share, too. The three of them, even on competition, they would talk from airplane to airplane. And then we would. So it was all one big network. And it all worked really well. And that was back when the traffic reporters were a person, could be a personality. You were a personality as a traffic reporter. And that came through to Jack Merker and to others. Yeah. And today, traffic reports are more sterile, I think. And uh, I don't think there would be that opportunity to be the, the, the personality that you were and that you became. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to work with Bob Lee. That's how I met Bob. Was Bob was hosting KOA Mornings. And then Tom Shannon, who did the movie on Channel 2 and then did Afternoon Drive on KLZ. You put all these deals together. And I would do traffic reports for Alan Berg. And, um, right. Yeah, and you, you had brokered all of those deals for the auto club and then you let me do the travel and recreation reports ski reports and i mean i would i was i was working because of you i understand well it was uh it was it was quite a time and we had uh, as i recall it was our friend the late don martin in his basement in his production studio that you and bob lee recorded your demo tape we did it in his basement in his studio uh, both of us kicked over, right. well buttered, as they say, and the tape went to Prangley, and Prangley <laughs> said, these boys deserve a morning show, and you let me do it. And um, I don't know, Danny, I just said it to, to Boyce, and I say it to you. I know you're coming down this morning for breakfast and meet everybody, but God, I owe you. I mean, I, I, I can't begin to tell you and how much you mean to me and how much you opened up doors and... You understood radio. I had no clue, and you understood it. You had been a DU, run the radio station at DU, and you knew what you were doing. And you said, <laughs> "I'm not sure about that." I well, both of we were both in our early twenties, and I'm not sure we either. Well, neither, neither one of us knew yeah. really what we were doing, but we made it work. But among the blind, the one-eyed man. I do remember came. that. Uh, you know, people should recall that you that just, you and Bob Lee were on KLAK, which yeah. was a little station at 1600 a.m., which yeah. was hard to listen to. Yeah. You couldn't, you, it didn't reach, the signal didn't reach much of the city, and night didn't reach anywhere at all. Well, we killed it. And you and Bob Lee became the number one station, the yeah. number one morning personalities yeah. in the entire market on a station that you had to really <laughs> fight hard to find. It's pretty true. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think about him. I think about, we need to jump, and I know you're coming down. So, um, And Katie's coming. Steve Katie's coming, and a lot of guys are coming this morning. But. Yep. Daryl Luby's yeah, coming, Kenny Danen's coming. So I'll see you in a minute, Danny, um, and we'll get a chance. But I got Robert Spencer and I got uh, Tim Furnish and Rick Lewis is coming on the show, Mandy Connell, Wadhams, Trimba. Lee Larson's going to be with us. So it's going to be a whale of a morning. But I'm, I'm more saying publicly, I was telling the guys, I want to say thank you publicly to, to you and to Phil and everybody coming up. I just if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. And to you, well, you're welcome here. I'd love to, and I'll see you a little bit. Get on with Jamie, show her, and be there, and see you a little bit. All right, we'll get a bagel. I love you, Danny. Thanks. All right, we're going to do a turnaround. 
23 minutes after the R5. We're in the View House off of I-25, Rapahoe Road. This is the high today in the 50s. It's 541, everyone, 19 minutes before the hour, 6 o'clock, straightening out some things in the world of technology. Highs in the 50s today, light rain from the View House, I-25 at Arapahoe Road. What a great place. And, again, walking down memory lane or up memory lane. And, again, talking to people. We had a hard time with Tim Furnish and Robert Spencer. We'll straighten that out. Dan Hopkins is on his way. Again, special thanks to Phil Boyce. But this guy, and I feel as though he's the best friend probably I have in the world of reading history books, and we've never met. At Baylor University, I want to take the opportunity to say thank you to Professor David Smith. Good morning, sir. Thanks for coming on for the final show. Oh, good morning, Peter. I can't tell you what I'm feeling right now, but it's it's a, a mixed bag of Mixed bag of emotions, man. I'm going to miss you. Well, we will stay friends. I um, I just said, what, what am I reading right now? I went down to Florida to take a little time off, and there's a book entitled April 1945, and it's a history book about, it starts with January, February, March, and April 1945, and actually they stretch it into August. Wow. And it's incredible. I think, and when those things happen to me, I think of David Smith, and I think, well, Professor Smith. Oh. We, you had done, and I threw our lineup of everyone. Your first book that I met you was on Audie Murphy, was it not? Right. That was we. We started talking when the Audie Murphy book came out, and uh, we haven't stopped since. And my next book will be out at the end of this year. It's a biography of George Dewey, and I can't wait for you to read it. Well, what we'll do is I'm continuing to do the YouTube. We call it a shoot. And um, you get the book out, I'll read it, and then we'll do a split-screen Zoom, courtesy of Mark Crowley in Salem. We're doing the shoots. In fact, um, I, we're about three or four shows backed up. And they've been, oh, wow. they've been really remarkable. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what to say in these moments except to say thank you. You have made the show oh, work. I, I, thank you. Thank you, Peter. I mean, thank you for for talking to me and, and thank you for doing what you do. I regard you as an ally in in my teaching. I mean, you and I do the same thing. You and I are kindred spirits in that we both have faith that history will enlighten people and we give our best to to spread that news. You know, and I want to believe it as well and you know, I listen to somebody say something on a radio show that history does this or doesn't do that. It's the brilliance of history is you study everything, economics, and you study medicine, and you study <laughs> military hardware. You, I mean, everything is, is under the umbrella. I mean, and I, I think you've always said that as well, that it all, it's, yeah. It, it, we do it all. I mean, I said that to a class just yesterday. I said... You know, I, you know, I was, I was sort of joking, but I said science is just science. Yeah. History is everything. Thank you. I don't know what I'll do without you. I'll stay in touch. I can't wait for the book. But you need to know, David, oh, how yeah. remarkable and how much a part of the success we've had comes to men like you and people, men and women oh. like you. Oh, Peter, I, 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 I'm, you're going to choke me up, nah. man. I'm going to miss you so much. We'll meet. I promise we meet. I got nothing to do now. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm, I can imagine a motorcycle ride to Texas. I can imagine that. Take a couple of days. And you, 
You come to Texas, and no matter where you are in this state, I will come to where you are. That's right. What did what did Davy Crockett say? You all can go to hell, and I'm going to Texas. I'm going to Texas. Yeah. There you go, buddy. Take care, Professor. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Love you, man. Love you, brother. Thank you. Bye. Good man. Mark Pearson joins us. Another one of these people that we just meet in the business. We need to break or just no, keep no, rolling. Stretch. Keep stretch it out. Yeah, Mark will be here. Uh, Mark Pearson, we met through. I think he was um, transgender. He was against transgender males competing against women. As I've said before, you show me the case where a woman becomes a man to fight, then we're going to do something. Priscilla Rod is here, and Katie Monahan is here. And we'll get a chance to say hi to so many people. But Priscilla, of course, uh, co-chair of the Republican Party of Colorado, has become a dear friend. And her husband is this gifted jazz musician, and we've had lunches together, and she's been just a... A wonderful, wonderful, and you know when I when I run around these women, they're just they're just the best, and I I love her dearly. And she came by and gave me a card. You get cards, people. We're going to still continue. We're going to continue doing the shoot. I'll be doing some advertised work, some voiceover stuff, some editorial work. But as I was pointing out earlier, as we kind of stretch this out, uh, a couple of Thursdays ago, about 20 minutes after eight, after Brother Jeff was on the show. I began to speak Norwegian on the radio show, and it's called, they're TIAs, and they're just, they're mini strokes. I had one, and they happen when a, a blood channel flow to part of your brain. A TIA only lasts minutes, and um, in fact, Joe Williams is coming up on the show. We talked about it, but a, a TIA may be a warning that you're about to have, um, let's call it, you know, to have a, a true stroke, and I think they're called isemics. And happens when the blood flow to your brain is suddenly blocked and usually by a blood clot. And it's actually happened. And I'm lucky when I was leaving. And, again, I can't tell you how great the Med Center of Aurora was when I was leaving with Dr. Spencer. And he said there's no evidence that it happened, but we know it did. And that was a real warning shot. And as I was telling the story, we're, we're waiting for Mark Pearson. I was telling the story that I went in to Brian Taylor, who's here, and... Uh, Kelly Michaels, who's here, and Mel Ferguson, who I believe I can't see. She's either here or on her way. And um, they said, we got him now. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we jump to the man. Uh, Mark Pearson joins us. Representative, it is the uh, the Cowboy Rides Away. Mark, good morning, sir. Thanks for coming back on the show. Absolutely. I've enjoyed this. You know, we met, we were talking as we billboarded up, that we met you, I don't know how many years ago, and you would introduce legislation to um, hinder um, men competing against women in athletics. Is that pretty much how we began? Yes, it is. And back then we had very, very few examples when people said, oh, this is theory. It isn't really happening. We didn't have many examples. Wow, has that changed? Yeah. And I, as I said, can you give me the example of some woman who decides to become a man because she wants to be a fighter? Or play pro ball or something. Like, I can't come up with that yet. Can you? <laughs> Not yet. I mean, if I see a woman who decides that she wants to become a man so she can swim and compete against men, then I'll know that it's an equal, it's an equal track, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, I was going to ask, I get to ask the people that I, I should have asked David Smith and I forgot. What's your end on Putin and Ukraine? What do you think happens? been thinking about that a lot. My 
my guess is that he's going to suddenly realize these generals have left him down, let him down, and he's going to move on them. But what he may not realize is they're realizing this guy is, you know, several French fries short of a Happy Meal, and they may come on him first. You think they turn on him? I think so. Yeah, I'm, I mean, well, I tell you what, they're in over their heads. And, um, well, they are, and yeah. I think they will turn on him, first of all, because he's crazy, and they're not sh- or crazy like a fox, either one. They're not sure what he's going to do next, but they have some ideas. But secondly, I think they're starting to realize they better take him out before he takes them out. He's already done that to some generals. Well, listen, it's the, the typical, you know, a dic- a, when a dictator runs the, re- you know, runs the show, whether it's Joe Stalin or Hitler or Mao, whoever it is, you can always take out Take out your generals, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I need to tell you, we'll, we'll, we'll continue as, you know, obviously as friends and we'll connect. And as I mentioned to David and mentioned to Tim and to Mr. Spencer, we missed. But we're going to continue our series called The Shoot, where we do a split screen. And it'll be on a YouTube show with Mark Crowley, thanks to Salem. And we'll continue to do that. And within the next three to five weeks... Uh, how about doing a split screen with us, and you and I will will talk about all the different things that that you're so good at. So, um, can we? Well, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah. And as I tell the Channel Nine, that's the only TV station we have here. It's the ABC outlet. Most people watch uh, from Boston's channels, but as I tell Channel Nine here when they want me on, I have a face made for radio. <laughs> Both of us. So, but. <laughs> I, I, I wanted you. We're smart. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing we get away with that. I want you to know, yeah. as I said to all the others, thank you. You've been a tremendous part of what we've done, and uh, success that we've had goes to people like you and to David Smith and to Spencer and Tim Furnish, and of course, all the others that are coming on this morning. A quick goodbye, but I wanted you to be part of it. Um, thank you, Mark. And the best to your family and to everybody else, too. You take care. Well, I hope not goodbye, but see you soon. I promise. I promise. Okay. You take care, sir. Thank you. You got it, brother. All right. So as we do the clubhouse turn, Rick Lewis and Mandy Connell coming up. But I did sort of want to finish this. Um, So I had this incident, and I went into Brian and and Kelly and and Mel, and... um, I said, you know, I, I need to get out of the blast. And they were tremendous to me. And uh, I was had breakfast with Brian uh, two mornings ago. And I'll, I'll continue to do advertising voices. I'll continue to do the YouTube with Mark. I'll continue to do, you know, some maybe some editorial work. But, um, you know, Dr. Spencer and these guys, they'll tell you, you know, like, hey, it's it's things like this. And. Maybe it's time after all of these years. Maybe, it's, like I said, it was a bullet went right by my ear, and I heard it. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe that's enough. And, um, and it may be a lot of people, young guys pushing up. And, but it's been one hell of a run. I mean, I, I've been doing nonstop thinking for actually Katie Monahan's here. We had breakfast, and we talked about, you know, what do you do on a last show? And Lee Larson's coming up on the show, and, as, you know, Lee, who has been a great mentor to me, and Dean Singleton and these people who have just said, hey, you know, you're on top, uh, if that's true. It's, I wrote about Rocky Marciano taking the gloves off. And I didn't understand that Rocky was uh, 
46 and 0, 43 knockouts. I was a kid learning how to pug a little bit, and I didn't understand Rocky taking the gloves off until I saw Muhammad and the original Sugar Ray, Ro- Sugar Ray Robinson, original Sugar, and they stayed too long at the dance, and they shouldn't have. We come back. Rick Lewis from the Fox is on. Mandy Connell's on the show. Don Reggae with the final tune. Ted Trembler's here. Lee Larson will be with us. Mike Rosen sitting next to me. Dan Kaplis will be with us sitting next to Mike Roberts, Dave Logan, Tom Tancredo. And he and I are both going through some stuff right now. So it is 5.53 at 7 minutes before the hour. High in the 50s. Light rain from the View House. I-25 at Arapahoe Road. My family will be here. Billy Thorpe. Casey's here. Brian Taylor's here. Kelly Michaels is here. Priscilla Ron is here. Katie Monahan is here. The whole joint is jumping. Hang on. Seven before the hour, we turn around. Right back. Stay here. It is 5.59, everyone. Jumping over to 6 a.m. Highs in the 50s today with light rain. Radio Free Denver. Good old 710 KNUS in the View House. I-25 at Arapahoe Road. What a great place. 7 o'clock, the doors open, and it's going to be. There's folks here already. And it's good to have everybody here. Coming up, Rick Lewis from Fox. He's working on the air. Mandy Connell is going to join us from KOA. Dick Wadhams and Ted Trimba, Don Reggae. Lee Larson's on the show. Danny Kaplis, Joe Williams. We got him, ladies and gentlemen. He is a dear friend. And welcome back. He's, I know he's, getting, he's gigging right now. Rick Lewis, my boy, good morning. Thanks for jumping across and being with us. It means a lot. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Peter. You know what? It's an honor to be on your final show. If this really is your final show, just keep in mind it is April Fool's today. And uh, if this is an April Fool's joke, Boyles, you're in big trouble. We have been together. Uh, I worked upstairs, and Rick and Mike, of course, worked downstairs. And you were a top 40 jock in L.A. prior to coming here. Is that, do I remember that right? I actually, yeah, I did. I did a, a lot of things in L.A. I, I was a, a top 40 jock for a while. I was also uh, what they call an AOR DJ, you know, album-oriented sure. rock DJ at a big rock station in L.A., uh, KMET, the Mighty Met. And I came here in 1990. <laughs> what's the lesson that's of radio? What, that's what, yeah. What's that? I said, you know, I, I know now when the Dave Logan's coming on and you and Dave now the voices of the Broncos, but what's the lesson for people on radio you've 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 survived years and what do you think the lesson is to that well you know what i hear you use the term radio guy all the time and those of us in the business know exactly what that means people maybe listening don't realize just how competitive uh this business is and if if you don't hit your ratings and revenue numbers you're gone And there's no job security in this business. I, I think it's even more cutthroat than the National Football League. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a contract or not. They will fire you. And so you just have to grind through all of these management changes and program director changes and, and just kind of roll with the punches. And, and for me, I, I think it's, it's you have to be versatile. You know, you can't just do one thing. I think you have to wear a couple of different hats, and that's why – you know, as you mentioned, I, I was a top 40 jock. Uh, I was a rock DJ. Uh, I'm doing a, a rock morning show right now on the Fox. I do a talk show on KOA. I do the Broncos with Dave Logan. I have a band, you know. So for me, it's being versatile where if uh, you get fired in, hmm. in one area of your career, you can pop up in another. And that's allowed me to stay in the game for a long time. Not as long as you, but... Yeah. I've been in the game a long time. But you will be. 
I mean, it's one of the things, you know, I'm just an older guy, but you got, as we, in the business, they call it having chops. And you have chops. Dave has chops. Um, and no, Dave, I appreciate you know, that. No, man. no, it's You know not, what? It, no. And uh, you know what? I admire and respect uh, what you've done all these years, Peter. And, and here's one thing I really admire about you, and that's going out on your terms. Not many of us get to do that. You know, hopefully I get to do that someday. But uh, I just wanted to make sure you know that, that, you know, you've hung in there, I know, through some tough times and, and, and many, many changes. And you're going out in your terms, man. So congratulations. Well, that's kind. Um, the, my best to Kathy Lee as well. Um, Rick Lewis, of course, just in about four minutes, lights back up his own show on the Fox. But uh, true, I mean, there are other people that are really, truly radio guys. And, um, you know, I always said that about Limbaugh. What made Limbaugh great was Limbaugh was a disc jockey. He was Jeff Christie. He, he'd been fired off of jobs. He, he had done everything that you had been through and I've been through. And he was a radio guy. And today, a lot of these guys are simply not radio guys, Ricky. I mean, do you, do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you always got to be ready for a fight. Uh, you got you have to, <laughs> to be really durable. Uh, speaking of ready for a fight, I, I, I thought about this the other night, Pete. Um, you know, when Will Smith walked on stage and slapped Chris Rock, if you would have been the guy on stage, you would have punched him back. Oh. And then Will Smith would have kicked your ass, but yeah. <laughs> you still would have punched him back, right? <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, you know, tales out of school, there's been more than one time everybody gets their hands up, if, especially back in those days. You know, Absolutely. It, yeah. And, you know, and radio guys are kind of like that. Well, you know, radio guys, you know, we're, we're in for the fight. You know, you can't be soft and no, be in this business no. and last as long as you've lasted no. in this business, man. But, I've, I mean, I've seen what you and I have seen, and I've, I've seen things get settled in parking lots and in bars on remotes, and, you know, and it kind of was a different <laughs> era. And you're laughing, but you know it's true. I mean, you, you, were, you were part of all of that. And uh, so today, Absolutely. Yeah, yep. yeah, I mean, we can, we can do this one way. We can do this the hard way. We can do this the easy way. Okay, I choose the hard way. <laughs> we're, we're both Absolutely. knuckleheads. Here, here, one of my favorite things, memories about you when we were working in the same building, you came in one morning and you told us that you were getting into wrestling. And um, we were thinking, we said, like, broadcasting? You're like, no, wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> was, I'm going to wrestle. Yeah, I was wrestling. And, and you were probably in your 60s at the time, right? I was in a fight club in Aurora, yeah, after my divorce. <laughs> I just went yeah. out there and got banged on, yeah. 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 So about a week later, you came in and you had your, uh, your arm in a sling. Yep. Which was no surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and you told us you had to you had to go in to get some shoulder surgery. I did. Uh, so wh- whatever you were doing, I, di- I didn't know it was a Fight Club. I thought it was like some wrestling thing. No, it was the Fight Club. Whatever, but... <laughs> it was called the Fight Club. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Never. Well, that tells you everything you need to know about Peter Boyle. Oh, you're kind, Ricky. I love you. Um, we're gonna we'll get that breakfast in now, and uh, I know you got to go back and throw a switch. So, to you and say hi to Kathy Lee and everybody. This is really is the man. Survived and it's tough and he's good and the show's great. Rick Lewis, um, we got David coming up a little later. Hey, brother. Thank you, man. Be safe. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. It's um, five minutes after the hour six, six minutes after just jumped over. Highs in the 50s today, light rain. We're in a view house. Some places starting to fill up. We got Mandy. We're ready to go. You know, I feel like I know her. I listen to her every day. I wrote a Christmas gift wish for her and uh, we text each other, but 
She does mid-mornings and afternoons on KOA Radio, and I think she's tremendous. Hey, Mandy, thanks for doing the radio show, and good morning to ours. Well, Peter, I got to tell you, I am beyond honored that you invited me to come on the show this morning, and I would have been there, but when I heard you were retiring, I was pretty sure that there was going to be wailing and gnashing of teeth and possibly some rioting in downtown Denver because uh, uh, you're retiring. So I wanted to get out of town. So I'm actually on my way to the airport right now to go to Mexico for the weekend. Good so for I'm you. Sorry I can't be there in person, but I'm, I and I mean it when I say I'm genuinely honored that you want to be a, me to be a part of this last show. I mean, I, it, I, it means a lot to me. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you something about this business and you. When you move to a new city, and I know that you know you came from Kentucky. You got to learn the mayor, the sheriff. You got to learn how to pronounce the different streets, and you got to learn all these different things. And who is the, this guy and that guy and this mayor and that guy? And who does television? Who plays sports? Lady, you accomplished that. Um, you know, you came. You know, I'm saying this. This is an acclimate. If somebody said, "Hey, Peter, do you want to go to Louisville, Kentucky?" It would be like so hard to do. And you've done it. And you need to know that you're you've you've done the right things. Now, you know what? I love this place. That, that's a, it's an easy thing to dig deep when, when you love the place that you've moved to. This was a mm. goal for me, a goal tough. city. Um, when, yeah, when my daughter was born, born, she's 12, about to be 13, my husband and I, he retired out of Fort Carson. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I want to go to Denver. And I said, well, we have to wait until somebody dies or retires. But thankfully, you had an incident at KNUS that opened up the possibility for me. So I would be eternally grateful for you. Um, you great know, shot. I, I appreciate that more than you'll ever know. Oh, God, you know? A, so uh, thanks for that, Pete. What a great lick. Mandy Connell's here, of course. It says, uh, comes on at noon on, on uh, I'm going to say 710 KNUS on 850 KOA. You know, I want to say hi to, too, is Dave Lauer. We have Rosen coming over. Mike's going to oh. sit with us. And so, uh, but boy, you, you got a gun there with David. He's the best. Well, I got to tell you, Dave is a huge Peter Boyle fan, um, just across the board, and I am a huge Dave fan. And so Dave has been as much a part of, you know, Colorado radio as you have, but he's been the behind the scenes guy. So it's kind of fun to allow him to have that moment in the sun now, you know, to kind of let him have his yayas and have his say. It's been a lot of fun for for me to let him kind of have his say as the old crotchety dude on the show. Yeah, no, he's. And he is a gift, and uh, we we go back, and we do we always did movie lines together. And, and Rosen's great at movies. I and mean, Rosen's a great you know movie uh, historian and a, and, a, and, a, and a buff. But David and I always did the Cagney films and Dead End Kids and that kind of stuff. We did it together. So and like I said to you, this Manny Connell, of course, booling out of town. But you know, and when you came on, you know, when you when you came in and went to work, and I said to everybody. It's the, and, you know, top 40 jocks can come in and, you know, back sell a record and time and temp and, you know, read from a joke list. You came in and you learned the city. And, lady, that ain't easy, especially in a complex place like this. And I think you've mastered it. You've done a really good job. Well, Pete, let me ask you a question. I appreciate that. But let me ask you a question because, you know, you set the bar very high. When mm-hmm. I got here, I heard a lot about what Pete had done and the stories that mm-hmm. you have covered and the stuff that you have just bulldogged your way through. And what do you think? I want to ask you this question. What do you think has been the biggest change since you started doing this, other than your own political evolution, mm-hmm. which we've, you know, everybody's pretty well documented, just from the perspective of a talk show host, because I've got to tell you, I've only been doing this since I've had my own show since 2005. And there are things about covering the political mm-hmm. sphere 
that have definitely changed for me, and I don't know if it's me or if it's the political sphere. So I kind of want to get your take on that. What's changed since you started doing your first show? Well, I can tell you this much. I talked to my daughter about it. Women, women in the business. When I started at Cat Radio, there was one woman, and they called her the girl. And she sat at the front desk and took, I'm, I'm, I'm sweet, I'm not making this up. And they, she took phone messages and she did the logs. And, she, and, and they, were, they would say, well, go ask the girl, go see the girl. And today, you know, Chris Olinger, I worked for Christine. Uh, Jessica Farias, I worked for Jessica. Uh, Mel Ferguson today with us. Women on the air like you. Um, women. Women have changed the business um, in terms of, you know, the, the face of the business. Um, other things have been, as you know, when the corporate giants take over and they start to squeeze the lemon, that made it tough. Um, but talk radio, and Rosen's coming with us. You know, Rosen brought a conservative voice on way before Limbaugh. Right. And, and that happened. And now talk radio is a bastion of conservatism. But back when I'm a kid breaking in at BZ, when Alan was alive, and we we're all communists. I mean, it was like everybody's a liberal. And, um, and no, I'm serious. And I mean, we we're, we we're all communists. And um, today, and I think guys like Rosen, you know, led the league. But after the death, and after the death of Rush, what a voice. Wow, that's all gone. So, well, I, but, yeah. but don't, you think, don't you think that you were all communists and you were on the radio because you were revolutionaries at the time? And there's something revolutionary about holding fast for conservative principles well, now in a perhaps. weird way? You know, maybe. But some, remember, I started as a, as a disc jockey, a traffic reporter. I read the news. You know, I'm the radio guy, guy that Rick Lewis was talking about that, you know, we, we, we hit to all fields. We were utility infielders. Oh, you want to do this? I mean, I got a great story that... Um, you know, I, uh, there was a, we did a traffic report, and then we did this kind of stuff. And I would tell people I could do it, and I didn't know how to do it. I'd say, can you do Yes, I can do that. <laughs> I got a real good story. When we have lunch, and I'll tell you how I really screwed the pooch on more than one occasion. And we had, you know, there, there were fights. There was stuff that happened when the, when the business is raw. And, um, you know, individual yeah. people owned individual stations. I, I've never, I've met the owners of Salem once. Have you ever well, met? Well, I've met the CEO of iHeart once. Once. Um, so we're in, we're in good company. That's mm-hmm. really all. But really, I think that's best. I, I'd rather them not know my name. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, just keep my name off yeah, your that's, desk. Bob, that's really my strategy. That's I had a I'm great mentor. I had a great mentor by the name of Bob Lee. And Bob Lee, our show is over at 10. He said, we're leaving. I said, what's up? He said, if they see us, they'll think about us. <laughs> That's a true one, too. Yeah. He said, let's yeah. go to the... And, Don't make eye contact. Head and, down, out of the building. There you go. And Bob said, always, let's go to the bar, and I was always willing. But you you yeah, have... Well, you know what? You got to... You're just... It was for your career, Peter. It was well, for your career. You know, working closely with other people, even at the bar, was all part of it. Oh, it was great. You... I know you got to make a plane. You have been incredible. We have never met. We have texted each other. We have talked on the phone. Her name's Mandy Connell. I really think, I mean, coming into town like you did and then sitting on a 50,000 water pal, you know, I know Dave's a big part of that, but, you know, stroke goes to you. You take care of yourself. Uh, we can now have lunch together or breakfast together. It doesn't matter. So, Yes, uh, we can. We absolutely can, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Pete, obviously, 
you are you are sort of sort of the fabric. You're 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 woven into the fabric, and you set the bar high, mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason that I I worked so hard well, to achieve it because you, I wasn't going to let some old guy be better than me. <laughs> that's what it was. Yo, Rennie. <laughs> Thanks. Be safe, lady. The best of your husband. Be safe. Hold Thank you. Soon, man. All right, darling. All right. All right. It Bye-bye. is 14 after the hour. Highs in the 50s. Uh, the doors open up in about 45 minutes. Although apparently it looks like many people snuck in the fire door. Uh, we have coming up um, Dick Wadhams and Ted Trimba. Reggae, Lee Larson's on the radio show this morning, who really is the man. Capless will be here. Joe Williams, uh, Roberts, Dave Logan, Chant Crato. Where's Rosen on this list? Is he? Yeah, he's, in he's in there. You know who else? Christine isn't on there, too. There she is. I got, we got, we're talking about um, when, I, when I came into the business. Oh, there she is. Just can't read. Uh, when I came into this business and I worked at Cat Radio, KWAT, the big voice, the cat of the Rockies. And... Um, and I got to do weekends, and I did fill-in shows, and there's some stories about that. But And there was somebody, one one woman, today Katie Monahan's here with us. Katie and I worked together. She was a young saleswoman. Now she has her own agency. Uh, Priscilla, you would think a woman being running the Republican Party. Priscilla's here. And, and coming up, uh, she will do the radio show, the one and only Chris Olinger, Christine who went through the Ramseys with me, and I'd be in her office, and I'd be saying, are you sure you're right? Yeah. When Kaplis is on the show this morning, we'll talk about Lynn Wood, and this is a Kaplis moment. Kaplis and I are on TV. Lynn Wood is threatening to sue us, and Danny looks up to the camera and says, hey, Lynn, bring it. He really did. I mean, Kaplis was a heart and soul, and Ted Trimble, who I just love, and Dick's coming up in reggae. What do you want to do here, pal? You want to bail? All right. Highs in the 50s today. Light rain, the view house, I-25 off of Arapahoe Road. What a wonderful place. I'm going to thank Mike Boyle for that as well. We turn it around one more time, 710 KNUS. Stephen Tobbs with a tie on. Looks like, you know, that's a job interview, isn't it? you got a tape, <laughs> tape, a resume, and a tie. He's going, he's going, he's, Stephen Tubbs is here. He's, it's a job interview. Good morning, everyone. 22 after the hour of 6. I have to say good morning to uh, my nephews, one in Pittsburgh and one in Boston, Brian and David listening on 710 KNUS Denver's talk station, this is where the cowboy rides away. High in the 50s, light rain, and the view house, I-25 off of Arapahoe Road. And here's another man who has been so much a part of everything we've done is Dick Wadhams. And I heard him uh, the other morning. He was on with Jimmy. Dick, good morning, and thank you for doing one more time. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. And, and um, I, I will tell you, it's been very poignant for me to think that I was on your show when you had your incident. Uh, I was on at 6 a.m. that morning, and we had a great conversation. And I was really shocked later in the day when I heard what happened to you later in the morning. Well, I had no idea it was going to happen. So <laughs> that was like I'm blaming. Bro- I'm, I'm actually blaming Brother Jeff. It was like we did a radio show with Brother Jeff in about 20 minutes. And actually, Stefan uh, was one of the guys that said 911, something's going on with that guy. For those who don't know, we were uh, doing about 20 minutes after 8, and they're called their, their TIAs, their many strokes, and I'm on the radio, and I'd spoken with Dick that morning and Brother Jeff, and then I began speaking Norwegian about 20 minutes after 8, and Steph called, and uh, I went to, again, the medical center of world. It was incredible. Uh, there seems to be no evidence that it happened. I went through all the tests and into the tube and the rest of it, but something happened, and that's pretty much, a, I think, Somebody's trying to say something to you, Dick, when that happens. <laughs> there's, a, there's, you know, the voice of the voice well, of something. Yeah, Peter, I'm going to so miss you every morning. I mean, you've been such a part of, uh, well, 
tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of listeners morning. And um, I, it's amazing. I was thinking this morning, I can't think of anybody who – you've never been involved in politics before directly. You've never been involved in campaigns. No. And yet you know more about them and instinctively are able to, to analyze them and what's wrong with them than anybody I've ever known. Well, you know, it's not that tough here. <laughs> it's like we're not, we're not talking about, you know, the, uh, the governor of Florida's job. You know, we're talking about Colorado politics. And I think because I lasted so long, when I met you, I think you were running a campaign at the time. Or, or, or were you with Owens at the time? Which, what, what were you? Uh, actually, we really started talking back in 96 with Senator Allard. Uh, there first you race go. Against Tom Strickland. There you go. We were all over that race. There you go. <laughs> uh, that, that's where we met because, and that's where we became friends. And yes. you have always been, uh, and you've taken a lot of heat, especially, I mean, I can share some of that heat this last 12 or 13 months. But boy, oh boy, it's been something, hasn't it? It really has. And, and, Pete, I know you're not going to get into politics today, but I appreciate what you've been doing uh, the last several months in the aftermath of the 2020 election. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. And I know I know you've taken a heck of a lot of heat as well. Well, as the man said, we, we will see. Um, I look at November right now. Priscilla's here. I look at November, and frankly, Dick, it scares me. Uh, but... Um, as when Stefan sent me a text on Saturday, I sent him back a text and said, I'm retired. <laughs> so uh, we'll still be doing, you'll still be doing the TV gig with us, the shoot and doing some other stuff with us and some podcasting. But um, it, it's just going to be a very tough year, I think. And, uh, and I think you have, you have jacketed it, it very well about what you think the future will be. Make a prediction if we were talking, if this was, you know, the second Tuesday in November, what, what do you think we'd be saying? Well, we should be saying that uh, the Democrats nationally and here in Colorado uh, were, were, in, were in a rout, and, and, uh, and, um, and that Republicans uh, did well across the board. I still think that could happen, but there is one huge ob- obstacle uh, to that uh, being the case, and we know, both know what it is. Yeah. Um, and I'm afraid... I'm seeing in Colorado not only a no subsiding of that uh, charge that the election was stolen, but it's actually increasing, and I'm I'm, I'm worried about that. Yeah. Uh, well, so we'll see what happens. We share that. Um, we will see. Uh, leave us with something. I mean, we've had a great time over the years. We really have. And, yeah. and you've done a lot of television with us and radio with us. And I don't know. Do you have a highlight or a low light that you, you feel comfortable with? You know, Peter, do you remember the Stephanie Diaforte U.S. Attorney saga? Do I ever? <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I had more fun with you in, in derailing that U.S. Attorney nomination. Um, it was the right thing to do to, to derail it. And uh, if, if you hadn't gotten involved in that, um, and uh, you had me on a lot, I was state chairman at the time, but uh, that, that there was some. That was the right thing to do, uh, given what had happened in that previous uh, gubernatorial campaign, and we don't need to rehash all that. But mm-hmm. that's, I really look back, and I was thinking this morning, of that, that that really was a lot of fun, and it was right. It was right. Yeah, well, listen, when the time comes, and it's not now, but when uh, member Jeff Sessions uh, was uh, yes. doing the Senate hearings on it, 
and they called, and I, I've actually heard from him. Uh, he's called him Voris. It's Corey Voorhees. And how that uh-huh. all tied into Stephanie and how that tied into Bill Owens and uh, people resigned over that. And there's still people that won't talk to me. But it's like I tried to explain, and Ted Trimp is coming up in a minute, and Ted and I say, I was doing my job. You know, well, they hate you. Well, fine, but I was doing my job. And that's the part of it, I think, that gets gets missed so many times. That's right. And, um, that's right. I, you know, Corey well, I'm and I... I'm going to miss you, Peter. <laughs> well, you know, Dick... On the air every morning. I know we'll still, yeah, still see it, yeah. but... Uh, I'm really going to miss you every morning. Well, I really am. You have been a wonderful friend, and we'll do the YouTube shoots together with Mark and everybody, and I promise, but, Dick, for all the years, and, again, for thanking you for saying that, that we did make some – I think we did have a couple of times we made a difference. So I appreciate it more yeah. than you know. Be safe. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, sir. Our right. 29, 29 after the hour. Ted's here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, highs in the 50s and light rain, and we're in the View House, I-25, Arapahoe Road, for one more time, this is where the cowboy rides away. Lots of show memories. I can tell you about this man. And I said, he, he has become one of my best friends so I don't have to talk to myself. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I, I, I love no man more. Ted Trimble, thank you, Ted, for doing this. I think you guys may be coming down for breakfast, but thank you for doing the show. Ted, good morning and welcome back. Well, good morning, Peter. I'm you know, happy to be on. So um, this is quite the day for you. Yeah. The history. Yeah. I mean, people have been asking about, are you sad? And I said, no, I, I'm actually, um, when I talked to uh, Lee Larson, who's coming up this morning on the show, we talked about, you know, the Atlas shrugged, you know, when they finally lift the globe off of the back of Atlas and how relieved he is. And, um, and it's kind of that feeling that, you know, I don't have to think about the radio show all the time and I found myself uh, I, don't, I don't watch as much news now and I read more what I want to read and it's, um, it's a really interesting feel uh, you've been politically active for a long long time um, we just talked to Dick and I know you guys are friends um, I, I promised myself it wasn't going to make us a political morning but it, it's become one what have you learned, again, in the media manner is a better way to say it, in the media and talk radio, and this is Ted Trimble, everyone, who I think is the best. So w- w- that's a question for you. Oh, sure. Well, I first have to say, Peter, that um, last night I was having some scotch and thinking about what I was going to say this morning, and I wanted to say something that no one else is going to say because you're going to get this kind of barrage of congratulations, which you definitely deserve, and that is, you know, Peter Boyles has never had a chafed butt. <laughs> and the reason why is you haven't run around your life looking for somebody to blow sunshine up your ass. You know? And, you know, the other thing I love about you is you don't chase politicians, you chase women. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Occasionally, <laughs> catch one, and then... And then and then it goes from there. So, no, but you're right. Yeah. You know, it's catch and release, Peter. Catch yes. and <laughs> I have been to this man's home for dinner, and he is he's a gourmet cook. And you have dinner with Ted. Here's how it goes. You go to Ted's house at 6 o'clock. You eat about 930. But you sit in the kitchen. <laughs> you sit in the kitchen and drink Diet Cokes, and Ted has a glass of white wine. 
And I, I said this to him, the reason we've become dear friends is I don't have to talk to myself. I can talk to Ted. And he's had this incredible life, and I just think he, I just adore him. And, and then about 10 o'clock and 10.30, the dogs are all circling around, and Ted opens the door, and I go home. And um, those dinners have meant more to me, just the two of us sitting and you, t- you talking. And then he, and he took my daughter and I to Thanksgiving, and you had your whole family for that one. The, uh, the Nebraska contingent showed up, and um, you mean so much. You just are, and he's a very decent, kind man. And I, I, when I had, I st- Middle America has to stick together. Well, when I, so when I, when I had my, uh, when I had my TIA, I was supposed to, you set up the speaking engagement that I was supposed to be doing at the Denver Athletic Club, <laughs> and I blew up on you. So reset that. I mean, I'm, I'm good to go. And, <laughs> and I, I got well, to say, we were all worried about you, Peter. That, uh, I mean, that was a, a shocker. You. Um, and, you. And my heart stopped, too, oh, I can tell you. you. Oh, man. Well, you know, I was going to, you, one of the great moments in, um, and, and Kelly Michaels is, is putting this whole thing together with Billy. And so you get a text message on Saturday. I come over to the hospital on Friday night. Are you going to be working Monday, or do we get a replacement tonight? <laughs> <laughs> to, my, to my daughter who goes, what part if I had an effing stroke don't you understand? <laughs> oh, God. Well, this takes a lot for you. You've done this for so many oh, years. Oh, man. Um, and you speak truth to power. And you were talking to Dick about this earlier. Um, and you know I've said this to you a lot. And you know if there are a lot of people who despise you, and a lot of people who love you, then it's, you know, it's kind of like in politics a little bit. You know you're doing something right. Oh, yeah. Um, and to hell with them. You oh, know? sure. You know, if, if, you wanted, if politicians wanted to hear what you're going to say, they'd ask you out on a date. That's right. Um, and they don't. And, it, you know, and thank God for that. I'll tell you how this um, works. So that way you can be who you are. This is Ted Tremba. Ted was doing a television show, and I was in the booth doing some, getting some set-up work. And I said, is that guy Ted Trimba? And they said, yeah. So the shot was over. And I walked out on the floor and introduced myself. Do you remember this, Ted? And I introduced myself. Yeah, I do. And I said, hey, man, let's go to lunch. And we went to the mine, co- not the mine, listen to me, Peter. We went to the fish company. And I think three hours later, we both walked out into the parking lot and said goodbye. I mean, he is, um, you know, Don Reggae's coming up, Dick Wadhams and all these different guys. You are a dear friend and a unique friend. And I, I, you know, I've, I've seen you work and there's nobody better. You're just a man. Well, back at you, brother. Um, I tell you, I love you so much and so glad to have you in my life. And, um, and I'll say this, I'm proud that you made the decision uh, to put your health before all of this. Yeah. Well, Um, because that had to be a really difficult thing to do. I mean, you've been doing this in the mornings for a very long time. Um, and to, to have you make that decision, um, I know it's very, very, it was very difficult. You know, actually, you and I discussed that a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm really proud of you, and I'm thrilled to have gotten to know you so well. I love you and Arash very much, and I respect everything you've done. And you do a TV gig with us. We roll into November, but I'll, I'll see you. We'll, you <laughs> I'm, I, I can actually stay later than 930 at night these days, and so... 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, and sorry it takes me so long to get you fed. You know, no, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, you, have you know, to... for all those elected officials, I could probably poison them and they would be really happy. But, you know, I don't, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, Theodore, thank you, man. I'll talk to you over the weekend. Thank you, sir, very much. Ted Trimbay, everybody. Sounds good, Peter. Thank you. All right, you uh, we're we're going to pause. And then Don Reggae is coming on, who was – we began Media Horror Productions together uh, Phil Boyce, Danny Hopkins, Robert Spencer, Tim Furnish, David Smith, uh, Mark Pearson, Rick Lewis, Mandy Connell, Dick Wadhams, and now Ted Trimba. Yet to come, Lee Larson's coming on the show, Chris Olinger, Joe Williams, Danny Kaplis, Mike Roberts, uh, Rosen's coming. He'll sit with us, Dave Logan, Tan Crato, and more. This is one more time. It's April 1st, and it's not April Fool. One more time. And uh, Billy Thorpe and Brian Taylor and everybody, thank you guys. Highs in the 50s, light rain. In a view house, I-25 at Arapahoe Road. Back after this. You need are all easy to get, and we never check. If the cops should catch you, they'll release you. Just remember, John Hick and Looper loved you. Please come to Denver, be a sport. Cause I am one dishwasher short. <laughs> Jump the border! Cut a hoop through! Read across Rio Grande! Walk wild to the highway! Climb into a van! Now we're American! The council will help you get ID! You just won't believe all the things we get for free. Hide hide. Reconquista. 643. 17 before the hour. That's the beauty and the brilliance of Don Reggae and Media Horror Productions coming up next. And I got to tell you something. Danny Hopkins is sitting next to me. Your ID's a jive, but you want to drive. Who you going to call? That's right. Here illegally, leave it all to me. Who you gonna call? Bill Ritter. Play that for Corey. Unfortunate, Chuck. Know what I'm saying? Carlos Estrada Medina exposing Ritter's lies and revealing them to Bob Bopre. Well, Ritter just freaked at the info leak, so we call Steph. Six forty-four. It's uh, sixteen to be before the hour, seven o'clock. Uh, the magic of Don Reggae in the background, Media Horror Productions, Peter Boyle's Don Reggae present. We're in a view house, and we were just talking about Corey Voorhees moments ago. Corey just walked in the door. Danny Hopkins, who was with us earlier, sitting on my right. The view house is starting to pack out. It really officially doesn't open for 16 more minutes. Old guys from Channel 7 will work together. They've come. Uh, just an amazing morning. But i got to introduce this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he needs no introduction. <laughs> he's, he's been run out of run out of Boulder. Donnie Reggae. And uh, Donnie, man, that was a great tune. Thank you. Good morning. And I love you. Thank you for being here. Good morning, Peter. Um, and I'm glad that Corey's in the room. Um, his song was going to finish that little medley up. But in any case, I'll probably have them all back up online at MediaWar.com by the end of the mo- uh, morning. Anyway, um, to respect the, the time, um, I was going to do a song i was working on it before you announced your retirement and as bob dylan says oh mama can this really be the end 
Um, to be stuck inside a mobile with the Memphis Blues again. Yeah. There you go. Uh, you're like winter. I thought you'd never leave. Um, <laughs> I don't have the music behind it, but uh, that little medley started with Please Come to Denver, which is another one that you suggested. Usually what happened was it started with the Ramsey songs. We did 14 of those. And then over the course of the next uh, several years, we did 11 immigration songs. You heard a couple of those there. We did 10 songs of you would call me up and have me attack somebody in Denver. <laughs> and then uh, there were a few bolder songs about uh, El Dildo, Bandito, and Lord Churchill. So we we covered the uh, the waterfront. But I, I do have one last song. Uh, but if you don't mind, I'll just read you the lyrics. Please. Please. All right. Please don't retire, Peter Boyles. You have been Denver's dominant voice for so many years, creating controversy every week. Who could forget Vagina to Get and Mrs. T? <laughs> Everyone is choked up, even the sheik. You stood up for the little guy and were always willing to fight, like for the wedding cake maker's First Amendment rights. You blew the whistle on Obama's past, ran a sanctuary city billboard up the mast, maintained the last election wasn't a who won it, and revealed the Ramsey case wasn't a who done it. Motorcycles, wrestling, and rodeos. Denver sugar and players hose. I wonder what was the size of Mayor Hickenlooper's robe. You would have been great as Denver's homeless star. You even managed to convince me to give Step Denver my car. And like a radio phoenix rising from the fog, you once more dominated the ratings, betting on an underdog. So please don't retire, Mr. Boyles. But if you've finally gotten the itch, know there are a lot of people out here who love you, you crusty old son of a bitch. <laughs> Donnie, wonderful, man. Um, you brought up a couple that we went through, didn't we? We, we shot them all. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it would usually start uh, on a Friday afternoon. I'd be settling in for the weekend, and then the phone would ring. And you would say something like, me and Mr. Jones. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, Ted Haggard in the game of suits. That's right. I go, oh, there goes the weekend. Because remember, and that then was... you cheerfully say, talk to you Monday morning. And yeah. so uh, yeah. that's how most of them happen. You would, you would come up with the concept, and um, it was pretty easy to flesh it out just from reading the headlines. Yeah. But, uh, again, I, I'm very honored to be a, uh, a part of this last show. It was uh, a great honor to be a part of your show at all. Thank you so much for the inspiration through the years, and it was a lot of fun. And, this uh, is one of the most lovely in a world of brilliant people. I don't know even how I met Donnie, but um, especially during the Ramses when there were so many gifts, you know, Werewolf of Boulder. And, you know, and what we're going to do is uh, we'll have a shoot when uh, you come into the studio and uh, you and I with Mark and we'll play some tunes and talk about where it came from. But Donnie was always so brilliant and I could call him. I'd, I'd, I was a, I was running distances at the time and I'd always get into the that zone and it would click and I, like me and Miss, me and Mr. Jones, which I remember that one. I remember it really, really well. And or Paula, the brown nose reindeer or, you know, all those tunes. And I say, Donnie, I got an idea. And that's as far as my end of it was. The rest of it was all reggae. So the, the media horror productions is about 2% Pete Boyles and 98% Don reggae. And uh, you can find all those things and they've been massive hits and people hate us for them, but that's really, that was part of why we did it. And um, I honestly can say, a lot of fun. I, 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 we'll, we'll do, we'll do a shoot together. We'll do it in the studio, 
and uh, we'll, we'll tell then we'll tell because we, we're not controlled by the FCC. Then we can tell the true stories. That sounds great. I love you. Well, Don. you have happy trails. Peter. Thank you, Bubba. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you. Thank you, sir. All right, is uh, is we got? Yeah, there he is. It is uh, six forty nine, and although the place is packed, it's then the doors open, and for the, my first nine years, almost ten years at seven ten K and US. I shared the morning with uh, Tom Muller. Tommy always led the league, came out and did the news in the morning. We become dear friends. And so Tommy's here this morning, and I'm looking right into the lights, so it's hard to see. But thank you, sir, and good morning. It's the voice coming beyond the, the lights to you, uh, Peter. You don't know. There's out of the footlights. Remember, like, you're, yeah. you're acting. And uh-huh. the footlights are in Right, there. right. So good to be here. So good to be with you and to uh, give a tribute to you on this April Fool's Day. Yeah. And you remember what we did on April Fool's He's Day. He's here. Uh-huh. He's here. Uh, Roberto was here someplace. And yeah, I saw him. Yeah. And uh, uh, I had just gotten back from vacation uh, in Santa Barbara, but we spun a tale that I was in San Antonio learning Spanish. <laughs> and uh, I... It was, and we, it was Roberto who and, and, and okay. Efron... And they were running the FM. He's going to come up and join me on the stage here. We'll put it up this way. So I know Berto's here someplace. He had, uh, he just came in. Roberto is the fastest bilingual. Efron was quick, too. So I decided in April Fool stunt that uh, the morning show was being taken over by Spanish language. And they called themselves Chewy and Baca. Yeah. And they were the new morning guys. It ended up, this is a true story, the Aurora cops came. Because we were talking about the cars in the parking lot. Yeah. Crowley played odd in it. Uh-huh. Yep. Remember, they went and let Crowley in the building. Yeah, right. And, um, and you and I pulled that off. And we were uh, changing the format to a Spanish. Remember, you were trying to do news in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, Roberto and uh, Efren were laughing so hard oh, at hilarious. my effort to do Spanish. I couldn't look at them because I would blow the gig. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, because I'd start laughing as I'm trying to read Spanish. Uh, and somebody, I think we used Kelly Michaels as the new GM. Yes. Right. I forget what name we gave Kelly. Mm-hmm. And Kelly, we came, he was like the voice on the other side of the wall. And uh-huh. It's over. Get out. Yeah. You know, you guys are through. And there were, there were what was it, Roberto? There were black SUVs in the parking lot. But it ended up, uh, the Aurora PD came. And Crowley was, I can't get in the building. Crowley's on the other side of the wall telling I can't get in the building. That was a stunt. That was a good that, that stunt. Was. Now, that, I've heard this uh, presented in the last few days, that begs a question, is this an April no, Fool's joke? No, no, no. You only get one of those. And uh, Do you know Danny Hopkins, by the way? You ever met Danny before? I don't know that I have. I'll tell you, there's a one. Hi, Danny. He's, we're going to sneak him in before we get out of here, too. But it's but, been an honor to, uh, to, to open the show with you for the, since the moment you, you arrived here. What, what did they say? We had us a time. Yeah, we did. We had us a time. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I. I uh, now you're kind of in semi-retirement. I am. Uh, I'm still doing the FM, but I'm getting up two hours later rather than being with you. Uh, I'm not uh, covering the boneheaded uh, news decisions that no. uh, our newsmakers are making <laughs> yeah. and our elected officials. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm doing the morning show on the Christian station on the FM. Um, and I go home and take a nap. What, what, what Tommy does, and this is a typical radio thing, about five minutes after 8, I go out for coffee. Tom goes by and says, good night. <laughs> he's going, <laughs> he's going right. home. He's going to take a nap. He says, good night, everybody. Yeah. 
Um, it, it is the morning show here. It's uh, people are coming in now, and it's I don't know. So what's the lesson of radio? What do we know after all these years? What do we know? Yeah, because uh, I got fifty years with this guy. Boy, what what do we know? Yeah. Well, we know that a lot of changes has taken place. Have taken place. We we know that we have some lifelong friendships, um, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm a month and a half older than you are, Peter, uh, and I had to be helped up on the, the platform, so <laughs> we know that. <laughs> it is that. It was, like I said before, this is the last song, and now I'm going to stay with the radio station. I'll do commercial voices, and I'll do uh, some of the shoot stuff that Mark and I do, and maybe do an editorial. But uh, In fact, uh, you opened the door for me, I understand, that they're going to do some shoots uh, with Christian books. Similar you know, to what and you're you did. Doing. I got to tell you something. We've had some great ones, and Tom Tancredo is on the radio show later this morning. The one that you did and the one that Tom did mm-hmm. were killers. When you, I don't know, you never know what to expect. When Tom told the story about how he was guided through all of this, and then you told your story, mm-hmm. and it is, um, I mean, and everybody that's watched it has sent me a message. They had tears uh-huh. when you told the story about your life and wow. and your wife. And, uh-huh. uh, so that means a lot. I think we're Billy Go. We're Ron and Third heading for home. We're going to do a quick turnaround. We're turning a break. When we come back, Lee Larson, who is unquestionably the finest man. Uh, Mike Rosen will be sitting right here. Dan Kaplis, Joe Williams, Mike Roberts, Dave Logan, Tancredo, and so many more. Everybody hang on. Give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you all. I mean, the giant is jumping. We come back. Hold on your hats from the View House, I-70 and I-25. Stay right here. I'm Peter Boyles. One more time, 710 KNUS. This is the Peter Boyles Show. It is 7 a.m., everyone. Good morning. One more time, April the 1st, 2022. The doors are now open, 710 KNUS, Denver's talk station. Take one more shot at it. I just want to say from the Frank DeAngelis is here. Corey Borges is here. Kenny Danen is here. Uh, how many other folks have I seen? Scotty and Ginny are here. Just so many people coming in. Danny Hopkins is with me. I'm Peter Boyles. This is 710 KNUS. One more time, we take a look at it. Highs in the 50s and then some light rain in the View House, I-25 off of Arapahoe Road. A Sheriff Reams is here, too, as well. I mean, I got folks coming here, and uh, it, we got a lot more people on the show. Are we ready to go with this? Not yet. Not yet. We're standing by for Lee Larson. Um, FYI, <laughs> I want to turn his mic on for a second. No guts, no glory. This is the guy. Can we? No, no. We can do it? Yeah. You're wrong, Mike. This is Dan Hopkins, everyone, who ended up uh, press secretary for Bill Owens. And he is responsible for all of this. And he's down here with us this morning. I love you, man. Thank you. It's been a great 50 years, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) He gave me my shot. And he let me become a writer for the traffic reporter. How could you be a writer for traffic reporters? Stole other people's traffic right. reporters from the radio. <laughs> we, we, had, we had a push-button radio. We're waiting for Lee Larson. And we would listen to KHOW. We would listen to KOA. Kim. And Kim, Dick Dillon. Right. Speak to the mic like we talked. <laughs> and, and we did it by phone. And Danny gave me my shot. And when uh, the traffic reporter one morning didn't show up, I went on the air. It was the day my daughter was born. And uh, you said, go ahead, and then you gave me the gig. Well, everything was meant to be, obviously. It turned out every, all the pieces fell into place, and here you are. And here, here we are. <laughs> here we are. It's been a hell of a 50 years. It has been a quick 50 years. You, we, you, you, we, were, you, you were about 23, 24 years old. <laughs> I don't know how old I was. Well, I'm 78 now. 
Well, I was 28, 27, 28. Yeah, you gave, yeah. gave me a gig, and I said, okay, we'll do this, but this man is one of the most decent men I've ever known in my life, and he's forgiven me for all kinds of things that I did. Bo Cottrell's here. You remember Bo? Bo Bo's here. Um, I mean, I can't believe the amount of people. Jimmy just walked in. Uh, it's just the joint is jumping. The guy from Stepper here. And old friends from Channel 7 have come in the door. Well, so. I think you could, you could change your mind and not retire. No. You know what? I know you're retired. How did it feel when you retired? It felt different, but it felt very good. I mean, it took yeah. a little while to get used to it, and you'll, you'll have a little adjustment period, but you'll be, you'll be fine. You're going to do well. You're, gonna, you're still going to be doing stuff. I yeah. Oh, yeah. Podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Like that. yeah you'll be fine. So I'll be doing it. Billy, where do we stand here right now? Billy Thorpe, they got stage lights on us, and so it's kind of, Billy, where do we, what are we doing with what we're doing? We don't know. Bill, we got him? No, not yet. We're waiting for Lee Larson. Uh, yet to come this morning, Kaplis will be here with us, and Mike Rosen will be here with us, and Joe Williams, and Roberts, and Logan, and just all those guys. Um, who was doing radio shows when we first met? Uh, well, there she is. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Patty Calhoun from Westward. Hey. All right. <laughs> now, I... I adore this woman. Without her, Denver Media isn't anything. It is our goodbye. You look beautiful. Thank you for oh, coming. My pleasure. I wasn't sure who's on the phone or who's showing up. My mother lives five minutes away. You're so here. I just zoomed here. How long have you run Westward? 44 years. Wow. Danny, of course, Danny was Bill, Bill Owens' press secretary. Right. He gave me my gig. You know, he gave me my first shot. And you look, by the way, you look great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so... We did Channel 12 together for how many years? I think it was 16 when you were the host. Yeah. It was close to 16. Do you remember when, when the mayor would not come in the building? If you, we won't say which mayor. Wellington Webb. <laughs> would not walk in the building if you and I were there. That was a great honor, I think. And do you remember when you threw A lot of feedback, Mark. Kill it, please. You guys, we can't have that much feedback. I'm sorry. Uh, it'll run back through. Do you remember when you threw me off your radio show? We were talking about Dean Reed. Another person that... <laughs> Dean Reed and I got into a... It's hard for people to believe I actually would get into a fight with somebody. <laughs> Mary Kay Morrow, who I think may be coming down here. Well, tell the story. Go ahead. Well, so we had written a story about Dean Reed, who was a Denver native who'd gone to Russia to become a rock star. Yeah. And I think he was in Denver for the film festival. American Rebel. We did a story on him, and we went on your show to talk about it. I think before you threw him off. I didn't throw him off. I grabbed him. Oh, okay. He you ran. didn't grab us. You threw us oh, off. Oh, no. Come on, then, did you? I went on with Robin Chatsonoff, my writer who'd done the story. Yeah. And you threw us off, and it was a great moment. Oh, yeah. You didn't slap us. You no. threw us off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes to the Dean Reed story. Brothers. I understand that that book, it was called American Rebel. It may have been optioned as a movie. I think it was. I think well, they made a movie. I think they made a doc. He was on 60 Minutes. You're right. But he was like the, um, and, and he was a weird dude. He'd had a hit. I remember Clark Seacrest. He'd had a top 40 hit in Denver uh, back sometime in the 50s on Kim Radio or something. And then he went to the Soviet Union. Right. And then he died very mysteriously. Drowned. Right. With no water in his lungs. Mm-hmm. So that I was a great forgot. Denver episode. I forgot that. I think it's possible at the time you were not yet a sober person. No, I was because I'd been in the... Oh, you still threw us off. I... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it happens again. But 
I had been to Seattle for the first of the Berg trials. Okay. And he knew it. And he had been in Nicaragua uh, entertaining the Sandinistas. And I said, uh, you know, they're, they're killing people. They were killing Indian people. And he put his arm on He was a big guy. And he had another big guy with him. And, that's, and he put his arm on me. And he said, you sound like those men on trial in Seattle. And I just testified. And I pushed his arm off. And we were in the hotel when that happened, the lobby of the hotel. And Mary Kay, who was about four foot nothing and about 100, a buck 20 wet. And I pushed his arm and he jumped up. And I thought, okay, we're going to. And then, and then they ran out. And, and Dale Evans was there. Oh, that is a great lineup. It's a great story. And what was the Asian guy that was your, your uh, reporter? Gil Asakawa. Gil. Gilbert was there. And, he, and they, were, they were big guys. I was so relieved that they ran because if they'd have turned around, they'd have smothered me. But they were both big. He had a fringe jacket on. I remember because he showed up in television with this really kind of uh, Wild Bill Hickok jacket on. And they ran for the limo. Cause, and I'm thinking, what kind of commies are riding around in limos? And, he did, and I grabbed him, and he got up. And as soon as he got up, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's big. You know, I better, if I'm going to hit him, I better hit him now. <laughs> and, so, and they ran. And then, and then Dale Evans, I'll finish the story because we got Lee. I went over and knelt down next to Dale Evans. She was here raising money for a Christian boy's ranch. And I knelt down, and I said, Miss Evans, I'm very sorry. And she said, Rory would have been proud of you. Well, it's an honor. The people you have who won't talk to you, who leave your show, John Eastman. Oh, Professor like, Eastman. That's a great one. Oh. That he won't talk to you. That's an honor. But he won't talk to the House or the Congress either. He took 146 times. He's taken the, the right, fifth. Right, you're not exactly exclusive. Not alone. But still, you yeah. were the first. Yeah, I'm not alone. Sit still. Let me do this uh, because of time. You guys want to kill these outside mics, please? Ladies and gentlemen, if there's somebody I always say, there's no one finer than this man. He's in Arizona. His name is Lee Larson. He ran uh, Clear Channel, and he's. When people say there's no second uh, acts in life, and I must add 15, and he's responsible for at least seven of them. Hey, boss. Good morning. Thanks for doing the show, and welcome back to 710 KNUS. Hey, thanks, Peter. Congratulations. I didn't think this day would ever come. I didn't. You. We got to kill the room, you guys. There's <laughs> way too much feedback. Please, everyone. Thank you. Um, you hired me, well, Chris, Chris Olinger. Go ahead, sir, please. I'm sorry I didn't hear you. Yeah. Okay. You're um, getting feedback because you're talking to a manager. That's what happened. Would someone please please do it? Because, yeah, when you're talking to a manager, you're going to get feedback. When you came to town and it was yeah. it was Belo, right? Uh, yes, that was the company that brought me and, and had just purchased the radio stations, yeah. And you had come from Santa Barbara, I believe. From Los Angeles. From L.A. What was the station you were working at in L.A.? LA? I was working at KLOS, which was uh, uh, owned by ABC, uh, the sister station of KABC out in Los Angeles. And you walked into Allen Berg (laughs) and me. He was the the very first person. I was waiting in a hotel for the uh, deal to be done. I I stayed probably a week at the hotel before the... uh, uh, opportunity to actually come over to the radio station, and I got a phone call in my hotel one night from Alan, and he wanted to uh, complain about the, that fact that he had been moved to Knights, That's right. uh, and that Andrea Van Steenhouse had taken his place on the air during the day. Yeah, so that was the first guy I ran into, <laughs> and he found me before anybody. <laughs> I remember 
when you came and then you were here for like a cup of coffee and the company got sold, GE sold. Is that do I Yeah, that's, yeah. that's correct. And then you had to make before a decision. Before my family, you had to make, my family got moved, yes. it got sold. And yes. so, so I, uh, but I hung in because the new company was a rather exciting company called J-Core, and you remember them. Don't I ever. They were real radio, peop- real hey. radio people, and they let us do a lot of fun stuff. You know what? Lee's here, and the business has changed so much, but when, uh, when J-Core had it, and there was a legendary radio guy by the name of Randy Michaels, who nobody is neutral about Randy Michaels, but, you know, you're a radio guy, this idea of being a radio guy. Lee, what does that mean? Well, it means you care about the product. It means you care about what comes out of the speaker, uh, you know, the relationship with your audience uh, and all of that. That's what a real radio guy is as opposed to a money guy that's worried about uh, how much profit are we making or how much money are we losing. Yeah. And I think that... Or how much are we overpaying tacos? (laughs) That part of it is true. Um, But you... (laughs) But you know... You had what I call an ear. You knew. You knew what was right and what was wrong. And I got to tell you, working for this guy, I learned more from Lee. You know, there's a handful of people that I can look back on that I learned from. Gus Mercus and um, certainly Bob Lee, Uncle Mike McEwen, Hal and Charlie. But to really do it in a very sophisticated manner, it really is this man, Lee Larson. I, um, and even when you would beat people up, which you did, and Lee had an office that he had the magic button. When he brought you in and he reached under his desk and the door would close behind you, and it was like, okay, this is going to get good. But you know what you did, boss? You never let anybody leave until you said something nice to them, even after you, after you said what you said. And that's important. Well, that's very, that's very kind of you, Pete, but this is a show about you, not about uh, anybody else. Right? Right. What an awesome career that you've had. Uh, unlike anyone I can think of in Denver, the length of the career, uh, the all the different phases of it uh, have just been phenomenal. And as you've been talking about this morning, the different people that you've uh, had an impact on, the kind of folks you've had on your show, um, the, the stories that you dug into that you didn't let just the, you know, the press release kind of coverage you dug deep. Um, it's, it's an amazing career, Peter, absolutely amazing. And I think all of us that know and worked with you are just so proud that we had that opportunity uh, to be around you, uh, even during your tough times. It was, it was, it was just great. You've been, you've been amazing. You have and, uh, always. We're gonna be missed, you're going to be missed a lot. That's kind. But you have never, I could call this man in the darkest part of my life, and he was always there. And. This whole list of people that we're talking to this morning, and I can think of the significant people. Danny Hopkins is sitting next to me, and um, we talked to oh, Rick Lewis this you. morning and all those guys. But you're yeah. the one, and I really mean this. Um, you, you you stood with me through lawsuits. Oh. You stood through me with, um, I mean, craziness that... Well, that's what... That's what we do, and you did your you did your part. You made you made great radio, and you you made it uh, easy for us most of the time uh, to, <laughs> to support you. And uh, and I, I you know I know you feel really bad about the. I'm so glad that your little health scare turned out to be uh, to be nothing other than a shot across the bow, so to speak, and and uh, all that. I'm I'm glad you you had no 
lasting effects of that. And I know that you felt really bad about not being able to articulate and, you know, mm-hmm. put two words together and you weren't making sense and all of that. And I don't want you to feel bad about that because most of us didn't think that was any different than a normal show. <laughs> I, I have this theory anyhow that no matter who you are ethnically, when you turn 85, you start speaking Norwegian. And uh, I, uh, I, started speaking, <laughs> I started speaking Norwegian about 20 after 8. Um, but, you know, one yeah, of the... Yeah, I hear you. So oh. it's, just, it's just good that it was, that it was nothing serious. And uh, wish you many, many great years of enjoyment in this uh, semi-retirement you're entering into. Well, baseball season's about to start, so I know like the, like the Swallows coming back to Capistrano, you're coming back to town. Um, the one, the one <laughs> and only, true. huh? You, you are the one and only. No one better. Well, and, thank you. When, we, when old radio guys sit around and talk, Dave's coming up and Mike's coming up. Everybody says you. So you are the man. Lee, well, thank you. I, I'm sure sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I'm not there to be with all those great guys uh, and ladies. I mean, the people that you worked with in your career and that I had the privilege of working with. What a, what a great thing. And I'm glad they're all there to pay tribute to you. And like I said, I wish I was there in person. But glad that you let me come on and at wow. least congratulate you. Wouldn't have been the show without you. I'll see you at lunch as soon as you get to town. Lee Larson, everyone. Yes. Thanks, Lee. The best to everybody, man. Thank you so Thank much. You. All right. It's 16. Okay, bye, sir. 16 after the hour. Um, years ago, I met a guy named Bob Cote, and he was a life changer. This is Paul. Of course, Paul City now runs Step. Now it's Step Denver. Hey, man. Good morning. Peter. How are you? I'm good, man. Great to you? see you. Yeah, you look wonderful. Let your hair grow. Well, thank you. Yes, it's at the uh, behest of my wife. Did she say that? <laughs> About time? Yeah, because you and I were like, you know, the short hair guys. And... Uh, yeah, very short hair, but my wife wants my 70s look back. So, well, that's... Now, Paul, when, when Bob passed away, and Step 13 is a whole other, Mike Rosen's going to be here, and Mike saved Step. We'll get him to tell that story. You both saved Step. Wow. Don't, you're too humble, Peter. The point of it is, this place exists because this really remarkable guy named Bob Cote. And uh, you have done, I got a chance to say this to some other people, you've carried the torch. Well, thank you. No, please. I can't fill his shoes, but I can only hope to walk in them. Well, you've done a hell of a job. And for the, for the people that think that this homeless problem, the end of the trail, we had, a, I remember we did Step Fest. Yep. <laughs> Out in the parking lot. Katie Monahan's here. Did you did you see her? Katie's here. I have not seen. Katie her. went to Step Fest with us, and uh, I don't know where who came up with that one, but that was a good one. That was a good idea. I, I, I want to say it was Vincent that came. It was up Vincent? With that. <laughs> He's Vincent's here too, and you guys have made a difference in the city. You really have. Well, thank you, and I'm I'm here on behalf of the thousands and thousands of men that you have helped to save in our city, and in our state. The work you have done, Peter, is nothing short of remarkable. For listeners that don't know, Peter has advocated for us for years, uh, both on the radio. Since I got sober. (laughs) But also as a board member. Yeah. Right? And your sobriety date is coming up at Easter. Easter. Good Friday, Easter Sunday. That'll be 36, 37. 36. Okay. And and the work you have done, uh, we cannot thank you enough. And I'm here to thank you for the thousands of men whose efforts that, that you've contributed to have saved their lives. Well, that man we just left, Lee Larson, when I went into wellness, he, he saw it happen. So 
That's a hell of a thing, man. It's, <laughs> it's a big step when yeah. you take that step, right? And and we're just glad. I'll be with you. That you've made it possible for Step Denver to help homeless men suffering ad- from addiction that have nowhere else to go to overcome those consequences through sobriety, work, and accountability. Brother, I love you. Love you. Thank you so much. Me so much. All right, everybody. It is almost 19 after the hour of 7. I can't begin to tell you how many folks are here. Coming up, Dan Kaplis will be sitting with us, Joe Williams, um, Mike Roberts is with us, Dave Logan, Tancredo is coming on the show, Chris Olinger. Uh, we'll get Christine to tell stories about when, 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 when we went through the Ramseys together. Billy Thorpe, Peter Boyles, uh, Kelly Michaels, Brian Taylor, Mel Ferguson, all the troops are here, and Frank DeAngelis is here as well. Everybody, this is 710 KNUS. We are Denver's talk station, The View House, I-25 at Arapaho Road. I want you to meet somebody everybody knows, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Rosen. Thank you. <laughs> 710 KNUS, Denver's talk station. I'm Peter Boyles. This, of course, is April 1, and it's not an April Fool. This is the last time, and this is where the cowboy rides away. And uh, we invited so many great people. Capitalists coming up, Joe Williams. Logan's coming on the show. Tancredo's coming on the show. It means a lot for me, you being here, man. Thank you. Well, I remember, by the way, when he said the last time, don't believe it. We all come back. <laughs> Tom Brady said he was retiring. He, he didn't. <laughs> I, I, you, you and I, we met at KWBZ Radio. 1980, December. Known as the mother of all battles. That's right. I, I mean, Saddam always the said. The nifty 1150. Others remember. are talking. We're rocking. <laughs> And Michael, I can tell you a story about Michael. And, and I say this to privately and publicly all the time. Michael brought a conservative voice to Denver radio. We were all communists. And <laughs> Mike came in. That's a true story. And he wheeled in. I don't know if you remember this. You wheeled a filing in a, cabinet. A file cabinet. Of course. I mean, what the hell is this guy doing with the a ready reference. Yeah. yeah. And it was a file cabinet. Yeah. And he came to work in radio with a tie. Well, I, used to, I was a businessman. I wore a tie a lot. <laughs> And he came in, and I think half the people in this room don't even know what a tie is. That's right. I certainly don't. <laughs> and, and Mike comes in. Now, we had about a week and a half of radio, I think, together. No, no, we did five weeks. This was 6 to 10 okay. a.m. Right, yeah. Uh, and Pete was the liberal. I was the conservative. We went back and forth. It was very civil. It was. Never a yelling or a screaming. Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, I'm driving in one morning. This is after, and I, I gave up. I took a 60% pay cut when I made my switch over. Don't tell Larson that. <laughs> from my co- corporate career to, to KNUS. Uh, I've got a wife and two kids. My, uh, Nancy thought I was nuts. I said, I can always go back to corporate finance. I want to take a shot at this. And after five weeks, uh, I'm driving in one morning. I was living in Parker. Uh, KNUS was, uh, was on Broadway and Hamden around there. Um, I'll tell you the cross street. It was yeah. Broadway. It'll come to me. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Yeah. And it's uh, 4.15, 4.30 in the morning. We've got a 6 o'clock show. I, I'm going there for an hour of show prep. Pete would come in at five seconds to showtime. <laughs> Uh, and I turn on our station. There should be a, an overnight talk show host, and they're playing 50s rock and roll. I, I get into the building. I said, what happened? He said, oh, we changed the format. You're all fired. Right? And you and I were out of work. True story. Yeah. But, but a guy that pulls up in a Porsche Targra with a tan, like right from Palm Beach. Who's that? John. Mullins. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, 
and he gets out of the car, and he's the he's an heir to the Mullins Broadcasting right. fortune. And he goes to look at me and Rose, and he said, "You guys are gone." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to radio. Yeah, exactly. So you had a, a little event on the air, and you told your listeners. You had an event on the air. I, I did. Mine was a little different than yours. I'd gone in for a, a hemorrhoidectomy on, on Friday. Uh, you know, they dope you up during it, so it, it was nothing. It was, it was like a colonoscopy with a sedative. <laughs> and uh, I, said my, I asked my doctor, I said, well, can I go back to work on Monday? He said, no, you're not going back to work on Monday. I said, why not? Well... I went back to work on Monday, 9 to noon show in KOA. I sat down. I had a little uh, t- had a pillow. inflated yeah, pillow yeah. I sat on. Uh, within 15 minutes, my eyes are tearing. <laughs> we go to a commercial break, the bottom of the hour, and I, I say to my producer, I say, uh-uh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> can't do this. <laughs> can't, can't do this. It's, don't, don't go back to work three days after a, a, a <laughs> You'd have your hemorrhoids adjusted. Yeah. Do you remember when you had a, you had a thing with your heart, yes. and Larson and I called you? We're in Lee's office, yeah. proving you had one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And as I've explained, I have the the heart of a small boy, and I keep it in a jar of formaldehyde on my desk. <laughs> so, so Rosen, I don't know what the hell they're fixing you, what they did to you, but mm-hmm. it was some weird thing that, with your heart, like we both have, but. Yeah. You were, you were, so Larson comes and gets me. He said, well, so let's call him up. And so we called you. And I don't know if you were like grogged out or whatever. I said, yeah. I've proven that you have a heart. You know, no, actually, it had nothing to do with my heart. It was some other body organ. Some weird thing. Yeah, yeah, but it, we, then we beat him. I was him. in the hospital for a few yeah. days. And... So, I mean, looking back, how much it, it's Mike Rosen and Peter Boyle, 710 KNUS. So it's coming up on 730. Lee was with us this morning. He is in repose in Arizona. I know. Um, so... What's what's changed, and what have you seen happen in the in the business? Well, there was no such thing as streaming before or podcasts. Uh, anybody in the country can be a talk show host now. You just do a podcast. You're not going to make any money doing it. Some people make money on podcasts, but only a tiny fraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, people bring a lot of their music into the car now. Uh, over-the-air radio uh, has never had these kind of competitive challenges before. Uh, there's been consolidation in the industry. You've got big companies like, like uh, iHeart and, and uh, Salem and others sure. that, uh, that dominate now. Uh, as far as music's concerned, a lot, of, a lot of DJs are just gone. Ones that are still around have taken a 50% pay cut, yeah. just the nature of the business yeah. and the revenues. Uh, a lot of it's program music. Uh, the radio stations are trying to cut costs. Uh, the, pa- uh, the pandemic was, was murder. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're a, a, a big 50,000-watt station, uh, part of the iHeart Empire. And at one point early in the pandemic, uh, we had lost more than 50% of our advertisers. Oh, oh. You know, retailers weren't advertising because their stores were closed, restaurants, all kinds of things like that. Uh, so it, there's been a recovery since then, but nobody knows what the future is. And streaming is great, but from a revenue standpoint... Uh, the ads that uh, that run on on streaming broadcasts bring in a fraction, a tiny fraction of the revenues that the over-the-air broadcasts do. Uh, and talk show hosts like you and and me are are not so much in style. No, we're not anymore. Uh, they like people who are uh, firebrands and over the top and and play to a core. 
So what I love about you, you're so well-read, you do so much research, your show prep, you're always prepared. Uh, you don't just vent. But there are a lot of people that just vent, and, uh, and their core audiences love it. We knew, it's Mike Rosen, Peter Boyle's 29 before the hour, Danny Kaplan's coming up. Uh, we're at the View House, I-25 off of Rappahoe Road. It's going to rain today. Uh, there are guys called radio guys, and I've said this publicly and privately. There's three guys I know that sat down and got it. You, Dave Logan, and Alan Berg. Very good, yeah. I mean, Dave's coming up on the show, and of course we've lost Alan. You sat down, and you weren't, you never did traffic reports, you never did the news, you never disc jockeyed, but some, there was some intrinsic, some, something inside of you, when you sat in front of the microphone, you had it. The, the first minute I did a radio, I felt relaxed and comfortable. Yeah. I had done a lot of public speaking and nah. that kind of stuff before, and I was used to talking to audiences. Sure. Uh, so I didn't have any uh, stage fright or, or mic fright. But it's like studying for a test in school. If you've spent five hours studying for the exam, you breeze through it. If you haven't studied at all, it's a painful experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, being prepared is part. I, people find this hard to believe, but I was on the air for 15 hours a week for more than 35 years, mm -hmm. three, three hours a day. I worked 70 hour oh, yeah, sure. weeks. Yeah. Uh, so much of it was research. Mm -hmm. Also, hey, we're, we're salespeople. We go out and talk to advertisers. Uh, I, I had 20, 30 different advertisers a year, and I'd visit their stores and go out to lunch with them. It's friendships. Uh, I'd go home and, and, and do all kinds of... Mm -hmm. of and we started, Peter, before there was an Internet. You had to go to the library if you wanted to do some research. Got to read the book. Yeah. Uh, it's so much book. easier now with, uh, with the Internet. And I love interaction with callers. Just love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, for some reason... People listening to radio shows don't call in the way they used to. And uh, a lot of talk show hosts now are taking tweets from people. The text, yeah, take the text. Text messages. I, I hate that. I, don't, I want the personal live uh, interaction. Final story, because yeah, we've got a break in Capitalist coming up, and I want yeah. you to stay in the audience. Stay with me. Mm. Do you remember when you called the guy the body part for burning the flag? Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm <laughs> driving down. I'm going to be with Rosen. There's a million. And... You called the guy, where, and this is when you couldn't do that on Joey radio. Joey Johnson in Texas. Joey Johnson. That's right. And you body parted him on the air. And, and that was the case that went to the Supreme Court. Absolutely. That's what uh, I'm bringing up. Yeah. That, that opened it up for burning flags. Yes. Yeah. And the body parted the guy. And when you saved Step 13, yeah. uh, the story of the guy came with a water wrench. Cote stole that. St so you, you were doing something. You knew Bob before I did. And they had shut the water off at Step. That's right. Do you remember this? Sure. Um, the wolf was at the door. Uh, the, the electricity was going to go off. They were just dead broke. Yeah. And uh, somebody introduced me to Bob. I said, okay, it was right around Christmas time, as a matter of fact. Absolutely. I said, why don't I do a remote there, and we'll do a radiothon. Yep. And I think we raised $50,000 yep. for him that day. Yep. And that kept them running. And, and yep. I did that radiothon for 30 years after that, every, every December. And then they shut the water off. Some guy pulls up illegally with a water wrench and turns the water back on. You save step. Uh, you remember the nun? I forgot her name. She was a, an anti-war nun. Sister. Sister. Not Sister Soldier. Sister hated you. But yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, Sister not being fond. And I, I had her on the, on yeah. the show. Yeah. And uh, we went ahead politically. Sure. It was really fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here I, uh, that was my crowning achievement. I beat up a nun. <laughs> um, 
Let me, I got to do a turn. Mike's going to stay. Kaplis is coming up right now. Her pregnant. Now I got to put the headsets on. Put them on. You put them on with me, Mike. We'll put them on. There is uh, again when we talk about legendary guys who have been in this business. So I'm working at KHW Radio, and the noontime guy, and in comes Dan Kaplis. Hey, Danny. Good morning. Mike's here. I'm here. Thank you for coming on the show with us. It's uh, sir, 710 KNUS one last time. Dan Kaplis, everybody. Danny, good morning. Oh, Peter, it's such an honor. I've got to tell you, just listening to you and Mike and Lee and everybody, all these great memories flooding back. I mean, <laughs> this has been the best morning I've had in years. Yeah, Logan's coming up and Tancredo's coming up. Um, when we met you, uh, I was doing mornings on K. How Mike was doing, you were doing 9 to noon. 9 to noon. 9 to noon on KOA. And uh, you took over a 12. You, had you ever done radio before either? Dan. No, no, not at all. I, I had just met Tom Martino over at Channel 4. I was doing on-air stuff there, and that led to you guys. And I walked in the door, and I said, oh, my Lord, I'm not in Kansas anymore. And that was the old Lawrence Street place. That's right, yeah. Down That's yeah. a place. Yeah. Penthouse. Absolutely. Top floor. That was like, that was the killer. So how did you learn the business, Danny? We're talking about Mike, and we're talking about AB, and talking about Dave Logan. And the guys that kind of sat down and got it. Uh, Martino's coming up a little bit later. He's coming in, in here to talk with us. But uh, what's the secret to last? Well, I, I, learned the, I learned the business watching you guys. I, I knew nothing about that other than as a listener. But I walked in, and, and there you guys are, <laughs> and there Lee is. Yeah. And, and honest goodness, not to get mushy, but, but I just literally thank God, you know, that I had somehow been lucky enough to fall into the middle of that because – I mean, you guys were giants in much different ways, obviously. But, uh, but, but how could somebody not be okay on air hanging around you guys? Well, there's the thing about radio is you're only as good as the guy ahead of you and the guy behind you. you know? point. I mean, you have to be a good guy leading in. And radio is the only where the cleanup batter bats first. And, but you're only as good as the guy between <laughs> you, the guy in the open and the guy in the close. And, you're, and you always had great guys. I mean... Uh, Danny, you always had a great lead, yeah. you had, and, and Mike, you always had a great lead. Well, when you're doing this full-time, uh, especially in your first 10 or maybe 20 years, there's no security. <laughs> you can be Not fired at any oh. second. We served at the King's Pleasure. Yeah. And I, I'm the one that got canned a bunch of times, but um, that was all part of, like, prize fighting, get back up again, see what they got. But you, you now, Dan, Danny still does afternoon drive on 630 KHW. Mike does fill-in work, and I ask you this if you, if you miss doing it. No, I, I, lo- I don't miss doing five days a week. After 35 or 36 years of five days a week radio, working 70 hours a week, I was about, uh, what, 74 or so, and I decided to back off. Yeah. But uh, I had read a couple of books about retirement, what to plan for and what to be ready, what, what to watch out for. And uh, I'm a type A personality. You know, they, oh, really? Yeah. As a matter of fact, the capital of Taiwan is named after me, Taipei. Taipei. Uh, and I, I didn't want to be bored. So I don't work 70 hours a week anymore, maybe just 40 now. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, and uh, my exit strategy, I, I, I talked to the management at KOA. I said, you know, uh, uh, I wouldn't mind hanging around and doing fill-ins and just being uh, still on the air, but, but no more five-day a week. I, I can do five-day a week for two weeks at a time, and I have, especially during the pandemic. Uh, but really, I don't want to do it that much, that much either. But I still love being on air. 
and uh, all of the research I do because I'm interested in public policy, I'd do it anyway, even if I weren't on air, so I might as well harvest that time. Danny, what do you say to that? I mean, I know that, you know, you, you have a great law practice, and then you do the radio show five days a week. How do you pull it off? Yeah. Well, it, you know, for me, Pete, I've got these causes that consume me, and I'll probably run for office someday, so staying on air makes sense for me. And, uh, you know, I like to fight every day because, you, you know, in my job as, as a trial lawyer, I mean, how often do you actually get to trial? Because, as you know, if, if they do what they should on the other side, the case settles and you don't get to trial. So for me, going on air every day, it's, it's like a mini trial. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you know, it just, it just gets me going. You got to, I tell everybody, you do four hours on the air, you better do six off in the afternoon. And like Mike does and I do and... And, of course, we're also very lucky. Mike's a great reader as well. And I always say, they pay me to do what I love. Yeah. Or they also, they pay me for what I used yeah. to get beat up for. <laughs> that was... Being a wise guy. Yeah. Advice I gave my daughters, and I was able to do that. Mm. Uh, if you want to feel gratified, fulfilled, and generally happy, mm. life is not a right. nothing but happiness, uh, try to turn your avocation into your vocation, there something, you something you love to do and then get, get paid for it. Now, you might love fly fishing, but it's hard to make a good living at it. Uh, this business, uh, you know, as I said. I'm comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you, everybody knows that joke. This nice Jewish man in Bensonhurst section of Brooklyn is walking across the street, gets hit by a car. Irish cop comes over, comforts him, takes his jacket off, puts it under his head. He said, he said uh, sir, are you comfortable? No Jewish man said, well, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable. I'm earning a living. <laughs> we're breaking. Uh, Danny, we're going to have lunch next week. Dan Kaplis, Mike Rosen, we come back. The one and only the hitman, Joe Williams. More to come. And everyone stay right here, 710 KNUS. Good morning, everyone. 710 KNUS, 746, 14 before the hour of 8 o'clock. And this is my grandson right down here, Liam Boyles. That's the man is here. Hey, my son Morgan's here. Uh, Tom Tancredo's here. I saw him a second ago. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's been such a good friend and an advisor through all of this. The one, the only, Brian Gray. And you look good, man. I told you, wear a white shirt. And, you know. <laughs> and we got Joe Williams coming up. Um, there's Martino right here. Tom Martino, everybody. Um, how are you, my boy? Doing good. Last day? You enjoying the day? Yeah, it's really been great. It's, you know, no tears. We make it work. Because right. I got the hitman on hold. Give me the numbers, if you would, and Amy's here, too. Amy and Brian are here, if you would, please. All right, let's hit the numbers real quick, guys. We're coming off uh, two quarters back-to-back losses, so we're looking for a better, uh, a better quarter going forward. Today we got the Dow up 67, NASDAQ's up 39, and the S&P's up 10. Pete, real quick, we got a little surprise for you. Amy's going to talk about it, and then we're out of here. Go ahead. Grab the mic. Yeah, there we go. All right, everybody. So if we would have invested in Peter Boyles when he was born, the Dow Jones was at 134. Now it's over 34,000. You know what that is? That's a great investment. I love you. Thank you. I heard you yesterday with the baby in the background. Uh, these are wonderful, special people. If you've got something to ask, for heaven's sakes, they're here now. Grab a hold of them. Uh, Alpine, Plan Alpine Planning, a comprehensive financial planning firm, committed to improving your long-term financial success. Investing is a matter of trust, and they will earn yours, 303-843-0918. We got it? And now Securities we're going to be together Wednesday. Services See you next Woodbury week. Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC and registered investment advisor. Alpine Planning Group and Woodbury Financial Services, Inc. are not affiliated entities. 14 West Dry Creek Circle, Littleton, Colorado, 80120. All right, 748, 12 before the hour. No one better. Joe Williams, 
Uh, if there was ever a guy that walked and did talk, ladies and gentlemen, the Hitman. Hitman, good morning, man. Uncle Dave's coming up later. Joe, thanks for doing the show. It means so much, and good morning. Pete, it is an honor, and I wish that I could be down there with you. You know, we're going to do... Sounds like you're having fun. Oh, man, listen, we're going to continue our shoot interviews on YouTube. Do me a favor. Do a shoot with me. Come in and do an hour, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll show it to people about you and everything that you're about. And, um, you know, I've used that fight analysis or analogies where um, Rocky Marciano takes the gloves off. And Joe and I talked about this on the phone. And I'm, Joe's a bigger fight fan than I am. He's actually been a judge, a fight judge. But when Rocky took him off, and then the guys that keep him on and stay too long, what happens? Did that get through to you, Joe? Go ahead, Pete. I'm sorry. I missed it. I said I was talking about the fight analysis or analogies. When, when Rocky Marciano quits undefeated, and we both love Rocky, but we're both Muhammad fans, and Muhammad stayed too long, did he? Did he not? Yeah, he did. That, that's for sure. Um, Ali was, uh, I think Ali was like number two on my list behind the Brown Bomber. Yeah. Um, Marciano would not have stood a chance against either one of those in their prime. You know, of course, uh, uh, Lewis fought on and went on way too long. But, Pete, let me tell you something. Uh, this is kind of bittersweet for me. It's an honor to be on with you on your last show. Fifty years ago, when I moved to Denver, my radio heroes were Hal Moore, Bob Lee, and you. And you still are. Well, thank and, you. And uh, somehow, you have outlasted them all. Bad producers, bad <laughs> bosses. Bad juju. We've been at some of the same stations. <laughs> we, we could and, just... Uh, you know, at times, we both got caught in the revolving door at Denver Radio. Woo! And uh, I, I remember one time, uh, me and Irv, it was the day after Christmas... We walked into the building, and they're, uh, they got Jose Feliciano singing Feliz Navidad. <laughs> we looked at each other and said, where do we go next? You know? <laughs> it's great to hear that you're going out on your own terms. <laughs> I love that. And uh, they deserve it. You know, it's uh, what you've done uh, is I don't think anybody else has ever done what you've done. Well, you're still going after all these years and doing it. Like, nobody else can do it, and there isn't anybody like yeah. you. I'm the lucky. And, uh, I'll tell you what, Pete. Uh, you deserve safe travels and uh, ride off into the sunset. And uh, I learned an awful lot of stuff, a lot of lessons from you wow. uh, over the years. And uh, uh, one of them was, if you're going to be a gunfighter, you got to call them out in the street. Sure you do. I'll never forget you challenging those a-holes who killed Alan Berg to meet you out in the alley over there on BZ. No, that wasn't Remember them. That, that, was, that, house we broadcast Joe, Joe, that wasn't them. That was another guy. When I heard you do that, I said, you know what? This guy's got a lot of hard bark on him, <laughs> and you do, and I, you've outlasted yeah. everybody. Well, that's kind and of I'm good. really proud of you and honored uh, yeah. to be your friend. We had a phone conversation the other night, Joe and I, and we could not do it on the air. At least we could one time, and we'd both have to go to jail, but... There were times, and I told people before, in the scuffling days, a lot of radio got settled in the parking lot, and a lot of radio got settled in bars, and a lot of radio. But that was back then, and you know some of them, and I know some of them, but it made you better. And, um, or, I don't know, maybe you couldn't. And now look what they did to Will Smith, but uh, 
you know, back then, boy, guys were tagging guys. And uh, I don't know if it made it better or worse, but it certainly happened, Hitman. And those weren't, there was, those weren't the guys that murdered Alan. That was another bunch of creeps. And this guy popped off, and we were going to get after it a little bit. So we did that. What are you doing up here? <laughs> I just kissed a pretty woman, Joe, on radio. We've never done that before, have we? All right. Hitman, I owe you lunch. We're going to get together. We're going to do it. Okay, um, what are we gonna do right now? I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I will, Joe. And we'll, I'll get to Uncle Dave too because he's coming up, and we'll push Uncle Dave. Hey, lady, grab that microphone. Can we pull her over? What are you doing here? <laughs> I am here to see you. Now we have a great real estate sponsor, uh, and you know, I, I, we became friends. You have this. I don't know how much time we got, Billy. What? You have this amazing story of your life. Would you take a second with us? Everybody knows Keller Williams. And tell, tell the story, if you would, real quick. About being adopted? Yeah. So um, one of the things, I'm Gay Ribble with the Ribble Group. Yeah, and um, we have a worthy cause that we give to families who are adopting. And the reason that we do that is that I am an ad- adoptee myself. And I have a, a really neat story in that... Um, I was adopted through an adoption agency that two months earlier didn't exist um, by parents who two months earlier didn't think that they were ever going to adopt um, and by a birth mom who thought that she was going to be relinquishing me to a different family. And so um, when all of those things, you know, you would have never known and it all came together so that I could be hand placed by God into the family that I am in. It's an amazing story. 30 seconds. So it's pretty cool. You're the, and this is a wonderful woman and straight up, if you need help, Keller's there. I love you for coming. I was unexpected, but thank you. Look great. Um, we have Martino coming up, Dave Logan coming up, Tancredo coming up. I'm going to put my grandson with us in a little bit. Corey Voorhees is here. Frank DeAngelis is here. The one and only Chris Olinger. We got more to come. Please stay here. Give yourselves a hand. Up and ten. 8 a.m. Good morning. 710 KNUS. We're in the View House, I-25 off of Arapahoe Road. Uh, the rain, light rain, highs in the 50s. My grandson's here. So many wonderful people. Tom Martino's here. I mean, there's people, again, and Deborah's here. Uh, and we got plans. 710 KNUS. Good morning, everyone. We've had a lineup of stars. Started this morning with Phil Boyce, Vice President of Broadcasting. Then Danny Hopkins, who's here, gave me my break. Robert Spencer, and then we had Tim Furnish, Professor David Smith, Mark Pearson, Rick Lewis, who's on air right now, Mandy Connell from KOA did the show, Dick Wadhams, Ted Trimba, Don Reggae, Lee Larson, who hung the moon, Danny Kaplis, and the hitman, Joe Williams. This woman I want to introduce, her name is Chris Olinger. She ran the best, tightest ship in the world. We, um, Mike Rosen's here. We, we always called her KO. And it was her initials, Chris Olinger, but it meant something else. Oh, you had, you had another name for me, Peter. R- Nurse Ratchet. Yes, and I want to return this to you. Oh, no. Yes. Yes, the hat. Did you guys ever? It's the hat. I gave this to Chris. If you ever read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, well, the big nurse was Nurse Ratchet. And Christine and I were working together, and I started calling her Nurse Ratchet. And I, I was Billy, Billy Bibbit. Yep. And she was Nurse Ratchet. And I, I had scolded him a couple of times and totally justified. And the next thing I know, he calls me into the studio and 
He says, we have a new name for you, um, Nurse Ratchet. Nurse Ratchet. And here's your hat. And, uh, <laughs> Years later, it returns. And so it's for the next nurse ratchet. They'll there, always there be one, one in your life. The other part of it was her dad and I were friends. Yes. And Big Evil. Yes, and, and he, he oh, loved you more than he loved me. I, I love Big Evil. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Christine and I worked together. I was thinking, well, what I would say to people, like when Mike was here and Lee was here, um, you and I went through the Ramseys together. Yes. And that was amazing. I mean, Peter, I have to say, you are um, just a natural talk show host. Your instincts, I mean, unbelievable. But I remember it was Christmas. Yes. I think it was Christmas Day that oh, yeah. you called me. And you, you this thing in Boulder, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I've got I've to do it. I've got to do it. And here's what's happening. There's something wrong here. And I'm like, okay, go for it. And I mean, but your, your instincts like that were unbelievable. But I want to pick, because right there is Frank DeAngelis. And when after Emily Keys was murdered, and we put that parade on. Yes. Yeah. Christine was there. Frank's there. And you gave that the green light. Yes. We'll come back to the Ramseys. But, you know, you could have said no to that one. And, but you said, sure. And we're, remember off your office, there was a little patio. Yes. And we're sitting in that patio. Frank and I, and I said, and they said, the little girl liked parades, and you jumped on that. That was very cool. Well, it was great to work with you because, like I say, you were um, uh, you just had instincts. You just like the perfect talk show host. You knew what worked and how to do it, and um, were fearless about taking on. We took some heat. Yeah, yeah. You took some heat. <laughs> well, but Christine was always a great buffer. I mean, she came in. We just had Lee on. The cool thing about Chris is she came in, closed the door. And you knew something was going to happen. <laughs> and then there's a thing called a skimmer, and she'd play a tape. And Chris has a great ear for radio. And she'd say, and right here is Corey Voorhees, by the way. If you remember went through that, when Corey was the ICE agent, and we did fundraisers for Corey, we stood up for Corey, and we were being, th I forgot to tell Capless when we was on a show, Lynn Wood threatened to s sue me and Capless. Now Lynn Wood, who's, you know, the, for, yeah. oh, the, yeah, the, the rats in the outhouse <laughs> say Lynn Wood crazy. And we were, and Kaplan's turned around and Lynn Wood on, and he said, sue us. Come on, bring it. And, of course, but you went through that stuff with us, with oh, me. Yeah. That's what made it all really interesting and fun. Though I have to say, the one, the one time I was surprised was it was um, when Princess Di was killed in oh, a car accident. Ouch. And the beloved... Princess Di and the People's Princess and, you know, Peter, I turn on the radio and Peter's... We're the Irish. <laughs> ...going, she was a whore. She was a whore. No, that. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, she was a brood mare for the royal family. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know how this is going to play. I don't either. <laughs> The people's princess, but um, oh. yeah, but that was kind of uh, I, that was. I ended up the way you rolled. Oh, yeah. I, I ended up actually seeing a woman dating a woman who was a huge uh, Princess Diane fan, until somebody told her that story. <laughs> <laughs> Christine is, I mean, we just had Leon and Dave's coming up, and and Mike Rosen's here, and Tommy Martino and Capless. There was a time that it was the golden age, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, I am so grateful that, um, I mean, I think we first worked together in, like, 80... 
Early 80s. No, I'll 82. tell you when. I was a traffic reporter, and you were a newswoman, and they had to play disco music. Yes. Tell that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, my first job was at um, a station. It was then KTLK, which has changed a million times since then. But it was um, the format was disco music. So I did the news. I started on overnights. My first job. I was so excited. And they said, you're going to have to uh, read the news over disco music because we don't want the audience to tune out. And if we play the disco music, you know, that's when the radio station still had to run news. If we play disco music, they'll keep listening to you. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so it was like, bum, bum. and you try and, you know, it'd be like three people yeah, dead. Three people were dead. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'd sit there and think, yeah. I am never going yeah. to get yeah. real. In the background, uh, love to love you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Five people were shot to death today. <laughs> and I'm the traffic reporter. And Chris would cue, I, I was Berg's traffic reporter. And that's where I met you. And I didn't know you know you, but I, I was the guy doing And they played disco music. Danny Hopkins is here. They played disco music under the traffic report. I went to cool with me. I didn't care because we were stealing those traffic reports anyhow. I didn't care either. I was just happy to have a job. But I really did think that was going to be, you know, my career. My boss, Brian Taylor, is here. We're talking about old radio stories. And he said, do you remember when you came into work and the wire machine just kept running all night on one place? <laughs> there was this like, black line. And I said, what did you do, boss? He said, he went out in the car and turned on the competitor and wrote down their newscast and went in and told it on the air. We did stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, those were the days. Do you remember? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say when we I was going to say that um, my other favorite, when we were doing the news talk hour, I don't know who came up with that, and, you know, you you had to do two interviews an hour, and somehow I got stuck producing it. One was a pro, one was a con, whatever, Mm -hmm. anyway. So one day you call me in at, to the studio, like you would do. People would walk by the studio, and you'd say, hey, Chris, come on in. Hey, Kenny Marks, come on in. You know, just, and I came in, and he said, you know, Chris, we're having a contest. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And he said, and um, the prize, the winner, gets a date with you. Win a date with Chris Olinger. And I'm like, oh, no, you I- don't. Not that I didn't love Peter's listeners, but that was like, yeah. uh-uh, uh-uh. And Berg was doing the dating game at the turn of the century or something, and that blew up in everybody's face, too. But he would do on-air dating. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, A.B., we're going to get jammed up doing this. Yeah. Ah, not a problem. Well, there's a problem. Yeah. But the, the best Berg story, and it goes back to the Christine, and it's my one I told. I used to come to work with tons of books and do all kinds of stuff. And he would dress like a million dollars. And we had a true, true story. Who, who dressed better than him? No one. No, no one. one. And we had a tiny office about as big as this stage. It was Larry Crandall. Yeah. Me and Helen. Yes. And you would rarely come in there. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I would, at that point, you could still smoke yeah. in the building. And Alan Berg would, he'd, in between breaks in his show, he'd yeah. walk up and down the hall smoking, oh, talking yeah. to himself. Oh, I was yeah. you know. He would come out of the studio with a cigarette and come down to talk to me and go back and talk. Yeah. But he, um, we did that. We, we got, wait a minute. So we, we, we had this little tiny office, and it was you and I and Crandall, and Alan and I and Crandall, and that's where we ginned up all of our crazy ideas. You never walked in there. I remember that. You would, you would stand in the hallway and ask us to come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sit still for a second. I want to bring... And we talk about raising people. This is Dominic. And Dominic and I go back to Channel 12. How many years ago? 
1996, if you can believe it. And this is a young intern at the time. <laughs> and how many young interns did we ruin between... Too, too many to too count. Too many to count. Yeah. And Dominic's at Channel 12, and he's an intern. And we're doing Inside Out with Patricia Calhoun. And who else was on that show? Well, you had, uh, back in 96, yeah. you had Al Knight, Pierre Jimenez, you had Sue O'Brien. Those were the classics. That's, that's, that's how you started. And we did this show that was on Channel 12. And Dominic's this kid was kind of running around. You like coffee? You want some water? <laughs> I still do that, by the way. If you want some coffee or water. Today, he hosts the show. I still watch the show. And I, I am so proud of you. And I ask you to come down here oh. today. Uh, Peter, it means the absolute world to me for me to be here. Uh, it is a cast of thousands. Uh, it is uh, some of these folks that you have on uh, that, that I get a chance to be one of these voices. Just incredible. And the audience needs to know that for everything that Peter has done for radio for decades in Colorado and beyond, he's been able to do that for television as well. He not only did our Friday night show, Colorado Inside Out, he did the live show, Colorado Inside Out Live. You were interviewing people. You're working with us twice a week, and it was just amazing. We're, 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 good time. Yeah, we're It's our 30th season because of what you well, did for the show. When, when Patricia Calhoun had Patty leave, but there were two things people wouldn't come in. Do you remember when Dr. Laura would not come in the building because I was there? Were you working there then? I don't, I don't remember that, but it doesn't surprise me. She would not come in the building. Yeah. And then when, and Patty said it first, but Mayor Webb was in the building. And if Mayor Webb was in the building, Patty and I had to leave. <laughs> and, and I always took pride in that, you know, like, okay, you don't want to work. But I had offended Dr. Laura somehow. It's <laughs> one of your many badges of honor, Peter. Yeah, well, yeah, you're Dr. Laura. But I said, no. And I, but between you guys, I mean, we have had us a time. Yes, you have. Uh, we have. And I just want to say, again, on behalf of everything you've done for PBS 12 for over these many years, thank you. You've made the whole show possible. And with all the different luminaries that Peter has interviewed, I think the one you're probably going to put on your mantle is remembering was Nell Newman, the daughter of uh, Paul Newman, who came on yeah. a show on Channel 12 and Peter had to – people have pulled teeth easier than Peter did getting answers out of Nell Newman. That was one of the best interviews I, of your time. I asked her how she was, and she was stuck for an answer. So <laughs> that was like – but the, that one was when um, Edmund Hillary. Yes. Sir Edmund Hillary is the first man on Everest. And I remember as a boy about as old as my grandson now being enthralled with that. And I, and I believed that there were yetis on there. So we get an interview – was Sir Edmund Hillary because of Dominic. And I'm in awe. We did Madeleine Albright, too, who yep. just passed away. Absolutely. And I'm sitting there, and this guy was so incredibly great. You could not ask him a question that he didn't have a, an eloquent. He was very British and very proper, and he was Sir Edmund. We put that one together. Well, but see, that's the, that's the beauty of having Peter Boyles as wow. your host. He can go from Sir Edmund Hillary to Neil Newman and everybody in between. Wrestling. And, and because you have, you have read almost every book out there, no one can stump you, Peter. Madeleine Albright tells me a story. She said she meets Kim Il-sung in, in, in North Korea, his, Kim's father, Jung-il. And she said, I looked down, and his lifts on his shoes were higher than mine. <laughs> That's what I remember about Madeleine Albright. But she was a delight. And as long as you were good to those people, 
um, they were good to us. Well, and they knew they knew with, with you as a host, they knew they had someone who had done their homework that could keep up with them. That's, that's rare in this business. And uh, that also helped that no one was going to catch you speeding. You were going to catch them speeding all the time. Like, no, 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 wait a second. I've read the book. I've been there. That is a distinct uh, talent that so few well, have. That, and Brother Jeff had the black market right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met Brother Jeff is at Channel 12. And Frank, did you do that 12 show with us? I thought so. And Frank, Frank DeAngelis in the aftermath of Columbine, Corey, I don't think you ever did the 12 show with us. I don't think, I don't think you were allowed. <laughs> I think you were still under house arrest or something. You, you, you weren't allowed. But it was such a wonderful experience with Patricia and, and, and Sue O'Brien, who is gone now. Sue ran the Denver Post editorial page. Yes. And she ran it with an iron fist. Al Knight, Uncle Al the Kitty's pal. And he was absolutely brilliant. And with, there's a round table of those people and a Pierre who's now gone. And, and it would be, a, and I don't even know how I got picked to do it. They said, you want to try this show out? And I said, yeah, and fell in love with it. I was also working for KO at the time. And we would go in and we'd work two days a week there. And with, uh, let me come back to Christine for a minute. When, how much has radio changed since then? You know, I think there are, it's changed and it hasn't. I mean, I think that the, you know, the basics of good radio are still the same. Um, and the, you know, the, uh, what it takes to succeed is, is still the same. It's all about the, you know, the person. Getting ready. And, and, and having someone, the right person on the air that people really want to listen to and talk to. And, and that, I don't think that will ever change. I think the business part of it has made it um, a lot more difficult for people like you to um, go off and just yeah. do crazy things yeah. that keep the that keep the um the listener engaged you can't do it anymore yeah it's tougher it's much tougher but um y- you know but and and it was so much fun oh. when, you know getting into trouble and you couldn't <laughs> back then in the nightmare years you couldn't wait to get to work to see what happened to people over the weekend yeah <laughs> you go what did you do and there were remotes the, i mean this is a great remote but there were remotes like my boss kelly michaels was talking about or Brian was talking about the radio station sends you to the car lot on Saturday morning to yeah. do cut-ins, and there's nobody there but you and a guy who owns the car lot. <laughs> and, you know, you got to, you know, you got to, you learn stuff. And you learn by getting shot at. <laughs> and that's how you learned. And what was your, your first gig? The, 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 you know, we, there was a time where we did work, did remotes from the stock show for yes. two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I love the stock show, but two weeks every day. And Berg went to the stock show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was always classic. And Berg, who always made yeah. fun of all that kind of stuff. And I loved it. I always loved the stock show. I loved the rodeo. And we went out to do the morning show at KOA at the stock show. Berg goes out in the afternoon. He's there about two days. He comes back and says, God, I love these people. He abs- <laughs> You remember when you made the thing in the bottle, guess what's in the bottle, and it blew up? Yeah. As a matter of fact, the creator of that is here, Kenny Marks. Yeah. It's, uh, it was Guess the Mess. Guess the Mess. And it happened to be... Uh, cow manure which is toxic in a plex you know plexiglass box and the fire department came up and was fermenting and said you know this is going to blow up yeah and uh so that promotion kind of went down the tubes (laughs) we we did haunted houses and kenny and daryl are here daryl luby and kenny danan 
and I don't know where I brain gassed the haunted house, but I said, let's go to a haunted house. And you said, okay, fine. I went the first time by myself and spent the night. And then we figured, but this is a ratings getter. And then Daryl and Kenny would go again and again and again and again and again. And fellows, we, I can't tell you what those nights were all about, but I don't know. They were telling me I got a break. Dominic Tanuzzi, I, I, he wore a tie. <laughs> This is, this is a moment in history, Peter. I absolutely had to. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for everything you've done for Denver, for Colorado, and for me. I love this young man, Christine. I wouldn't Peter, be here without um, her. You're, you're, you know, you're one of a kind, and I am just so, feel so lucky and so blessed that I've had this experience with you and this career with you. I'm so glad you're the here. memories are the best. Pickleball is next. And Kenny Marks, I, you know, he plays three, I times, saw him. three times a day. He's in sales, so he can. He plays three times Wanna a play day. Pickleball? He's not very good, but we'll get together and have a pickleball game. I, I see people play pickleball all yeah. the time. Yeah. My daughter plays pickleball. Yeah, I don't know. I've never played. Do you play golf? I can't, yeah, can't. Rosen, man. Rosen's yeah, yeah, like yeah, this great of. golfer. Yeah, yeah. That is, there's a whole new world ahead of you. <laughs> Motorcycles. <laughs> and it's great. Let me do a turnaround again. This is 710 KNUS, the morning show. Highs in the 50s today, light rain in the view house, I-25 off of I-7. That's Billy Thorpe. Uh, we have Mike Roberts coming up, Dave Logan, Tant Credo, the best man I know, Frank DeAngelis. So we'll get the boys up, too. I love you, Christine. Love you, too. Love you. Love you, too. Dominic. Love you. You have been, you've torn it up, man. Thank you. Thank you. Right back after this in the view house. Give him a hand. I wasn't sure about this when uh, I went through what I went through, and my boss, Brian Taylor, and Billy said, one more once. I said, you got yourself a deal. We are in the view house uh, one more time where the, cowboy, where the cowboy rides away. This has just been an amazing show. We have had incredible people, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Lots of times people don't recognize faces. This is Tom Martino. Please. Well, my boy, <laughs> what do you think? I, I was shocked. Uh, Somebody called me and said, there's something weird going on. Peter's mumbling through his live spot. And I said, okay, so what's weird? <laughs> so anyway, far? Anyway, uh, know, I called you that day. You did. And I couldn't believe it. I was in the ER when you called me. Yeah. You said, Tom, it's time. Yeah. I have so many friends who have said, I, I can tell them who said to me, when it's time to retire, you'll know it. And I always thought, okay, sure. And then that's true. When it's time to go, you'll know when it's time to go. And I... Peter, you extended my career. You really did, in a few ways. Um, in, in one way, you and I were back-to-back. -back, yep. And we accounted for about 70% <laughs> of the revenue, revenue for that station. Yeah, yeah, we did. And I see him being escorted out one day, and I think... Oh, no, my friend. Great! They're going to really need me now. No, and then in another way, I don't want to get into it, but there were a few humps in the road, and Peter would call me. And here's what he said. Don't address them. Just do what you do best. That's what you said. What can they do to you? Don't make things bigger than they are. Don't, absolutely. Don't, I mean, I, I went through it... Um, that's not a secret. I was working on the morning show at KHOW. I'd been there 22 years, I think. I got a little sideways with somebody, and 
We were talking about... You know, I was there. It was totally exaggerated. Totally. No, seriously. It, w- it wasn't like you slapped him in the face. Yeah, like a Will Smith moment. <laughs> but, you know, and, and Mike Rosen's, I think, still here. But they were trying to drop everybody's salaries. And that's when the, the wonderful people like Lee Larson and Chris Olinger, and they were no longer part of the scene. And, um, and, they, and, and, you know, they knew that we were, you know, we were, there's, what I was always say, there's no I in team, but there is in radio. And, and, uh, and you, by doing that to KNUS, you broke the record for how many stations you worked at. More stations than Conrad. And then how many owners have you worked? Owners. owners. Because at, at iHeart alone, before iHeart, it was Clear Channel. Before Clear Channel, it was J-Corps. Before yeah. J-Corps, it was... GE. Well, no, way back. GE. No, but GE, no, GE, when I went to work over there... It was first Allen, GE. It was a GE. There's an Alan Berg story. Berg gets kicked off the air because of many things that he did, but... He had made fun of this woman uh, who was a guest on his show, and everybody got mad. And so they were, gi- they were giving him three days off. And we were working for another really, really great man by the name of Joel Day. So I get off the air, and Berg didn't, there was a noon news block. I get off the air at noon, and the PD or somebody said, uh, Joel wants to see you. So I got down to Joel's office, and uh, Joel said, I got to give Alan three days. And I said, Why? And he said, Because there's all this corporate grief about what he had said on the air. And, we don't need to go over what he said, but he said it. Uh, and so I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want you to stay here in the room with me to try and buffer it because he loves you and everything. I said, all right. Berg comes in the door with a puppy dog. And it was a, it was a dog he was given Joel Day. It was a dachshund that they named Bergie. And so he, hey, Joel, you know, it's a dog. And I'm looking at him. Oh, this is going to get good. And Joel says, sit down, Alan. And I'm sitting there. And he said, I got to let you go for three days. But he got him a condo in Vail so he could go to the condo and uh, he was with um, Linda McVeigh at the time with Linda McVeigh when he when he passed but so they went up there so he's all mad he's raving he had to know how he raved and he said come on let's go take a look and so we find a flow chart of General Electric stuff and there's like GE and then all the things it comes down and it says household appliances and then broadcasting other, you got it you remember that chart and it said broadcasting properties Berg turns around to me and said, sons of bitches got us lower than toaster ovens. <laughs> True Berg story. You were working there then. Yes, yes. And, and, and Peter and I are involved in this documentary about Alan. Yeah. And Alan was known as this dogmatic, radical person. And we would go to lunch now and then. Peter, Alan, myself, and sometimes uh, Ron Zapolo. Yeah, Ronnie would go. Yeah. So we'd go to lunch. And... Alan would say this, they really think I mean it. And I said, well, Alan, where do you stand? He says, I don't care. He says, I don't mean anything I say as long as I get an audience. Right? It's true. One day Peter says, this was years ago, he says, we should adopt that Alan Berg kind of attitude. So why don't you say one day you come in, I don't know if you remember saying, and punch me in the face. Oh, yeah, like pro wrestling. I think everything's pro wrestling. You know, going to tag somebody. He says, come on in, and let's do a fight and see what happens. I'll tell you where I got the idea. I'm working in pro wrestling in the ring with the, with the Vachans, Mad Dog and, and his brother Paul, the butcher. And they tell me this gig that they did in Montreal, there was a guy, and Canadian radio went like, they're all begin with C's, and they begin like the, 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 the country, Canada, owned the stations. And they had this guy, he was a World War II hero. He was French-Canadian. He had been injured in the wars in a wheelchair. 
and they do a they do a work where they pretend like they're knocking him out of the wheelchair and beating him up because he's a guy in a wheelchair, Paul and the butcher, and of course it's they're, they're working, and I thought and I said it happened he said oh he said we sold the place out because I said damn that's a good idea so I wanted Martino to come in and punch somebody punch Berg or. <laughs> Or somebody Gus punched Allen or right, right. just to, you know, we'll, 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 let's stir it up. Well, Berg would do that. He would like he'd always find a way to get into papers. He'd get arrested for something or he stole a telephone one time. He ripped the phone yeah. out of the wall because right. it wouldn't give him back his money because he wanted to get into papers. He would get into papers just by pissing hey, people off. And no, seriously. And people would call me up that knew me. Can you talk to Martino? And I'd say, no, no, I'd rather not. <laughs> I don't want to talk to Martino. But Tommy always pulled it off. And it, it was when radio was. We worked together. Yeah, and, and it's changing. I'll tell you how. I, I was shopping for a car, a, a newer car with my son. And I said, where's the radio, the, the AM radio? He said, we don't put them in cars anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't put AM radio. No. Did you know that? No. They're not even put in new. Well, maybe some might. But the ones we were looking at, there were no AM radios. But think about it. So you need your phone to listen. Yeah, I know. I... Again, as this is the uh, this one, the last one, and I'll be still working. I want you to come over and do a shoot now. You can go do a YouTube. I wanted you to do this for the longest time and sit and tell stories you can't tell here because, as you probably know, uh, the government controls the airwaves. That's why when you go on the satellite or you go to YouTube or you do the kind of stuff That's that right. Joe Rogan does, That's right. you're inviting them into your home. So. But right now, the airways belong to the people. Under the Communications and, Act. No and, longer. Yeah, and it's... That's no right. longer with cable and... No, you can't with YouTube. those guys. But with us, and that's why Mike, I think Mike may still be here, but when Mike called that guy the body part, because the guy was a flag burner, and Rosen went on the air, to his credit, and he body parts the guy. And that ended up in the Supreme Court, and that's why they okayed burning flags was because of what happened with Mike. And now, of course, the YouTube and all of those are controlled oh. by big tech. Big tech will do it. So but you might still get censored. Well, sure, of course, but not me and you. Winky, winky. But I'm going to continue working for Salem. I'm going to do, continue to do voice work, uh, make appearances if Brian asked me to do it. But um, I got scared. Yeah. And I heard one go by my ear, and I said, you know what? Um... And I have a great Dr. Nichols and Dr. Prager and, of course, the one and only Julie McAllen and everything that goes with it. But, Tommy. Hey, did you hear Mayor Hancock's having a party, too? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite like this one. He, he and Cal Clark? Yeah. <laughs> They're getting together? Yeah. <laughs> Talking about walking on the bodies, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I want to sneak my grandson up here for a second because it's important to me. And we have... Um, Lee, I want you to come up here and sit in Mr. Martino's seat just for a second. Um, I never had anybody tell me how much you could love somebody. There's a great line. I'm going to pull this down for you. There's a great line that Mark Twain wrote. The reason that grandchildren and grandparents love each other so much is they share a common enemy. <laughs> this is my grandson, Liam Joseph Boyles. He picks football winners. Um, who'd you have in the Super Bowl? Uh, the Chiefs. You had the Chiefs? Yeah. Yeah, we lost on that one. Who'd you have in the playoffs? 
You had, you had the Chiefs. You had, you picked all four. Dina Pastorini's here, who's a rambling gambler, and the kid's picking football games. And I'm telling Dina, the kid's picking games. She said, put the kid on the phone. <laughs> um, you, you Dutch in school today? You're going to school. I'm on spring break. Oh, you're on spring break. Yeah. Oh, man. This is a remarkable, brilliant young guy. And we play a game, and he can really do math. And we'll be in my truck, and he'll say, he calls me Pappy. And he'll say, give me, a, give me a math problem. And I'll go, what's 835 and 415? And a kid gives me an answer. And I always go, you know, you're right. I don't know the answer. <laughs> I, I would say, like, here's a, here's a question and an answer. He'd go, well, it's this. Plus, he's a big pro wrestling fan. He's a pretty fair baseball player and football player. And his dad, Morgan's here. And here's the weird thing is when he was this guy's age, um, I remember going on the ball field the night after the tragedy that happened to Alan, and you were about that age. Weren't you about the same age when that happened? And I remember coming out on the ball field with my son. And, um, and now everything comes around again. You're doing good? Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to do today? Eat breakfast. Eat some breakfast time. <laughs> we, have, we have something called the guys. That man over there, his dad, and me, and the three of us have breakfast at Perkins. On What's your favorite thing at Perkins? Bacon, eggs, and a waffle. There it is. And he can eat. The boy can shovel. Because sometimes I think the Chinese are in the driveway, and this kid's eating. Like he's, <laughs> your pappy loves you. Thank you. Thank you. Michael Roberts is with us. Uh, we'll do a quick turnaround. Hey, Mike, thanks for... Are we going to break it now? Do it hard? Uh, from Westward is Mike Roberts, who has been so good to me for all these years. Hey, Mikey, good morning. Thanks for coming up on the air. Patty was good with morning. us. Good morning. That's a tough act to follow. Yeah, he's a good kid. He's, his grandfather loves him. Um, you know, you have written about radio and television in the city now for how many years? Uh, well, I have been at Westward since October of 1990. Wow. And I've uh, written about radio pretty much since uh, shortly after I arrived. Wow. So I get to ask this. I ask it of Chris and I ask it of Joe and everyone else. What's changed? Uh, besides everything? Yeah, thank you. Uh, pretty much everything has changed in Denver radio. Uh, uh, there have been so many changes in regard to the number of stations that companies can own, yeah. uh, the way that the stations monetize their, uh, their business, uh, the number of live and local hosts versus syndicated hosts. Uh, the, the business has just turned upside down several times over those decades. It really has. And it's true with the newspaper business, too. And I say this publicly and privately, you and Alan and Patricia have been able to keep Westward alive. And that, in this day and age, Michael, that's an accomplishment. Yeah, really all the credit goes to Patty. She, uh, you know, founded this paper back in the 1970s and is the beating heart of the paper to this day. So she she deserves all and the credit. She was here this uh, morning. I'm just happy that uh, the platform is still there and that uh, all these years later, we're capable of uh, uh, stirring things up and, and getting people 
interested in things that maybe they're not able to read about anywhere else. What's the most heat you ever took for a story? What's the most heat you ever took? Uh, boy, that is a tough question. No. Uh, there ha- uh, here, here's kind of a funny answer to that question. Uh, the first death threat I received was over a Grateful Dead review. So basically, <laughs> the uh, uh, folks out there were hope would be grateful if I was the one who was dead. Wow. Uh, that was back in uh, uh, late 1990, and uh, it was a shock to me. That was something that I was completely unfamiliar with at that time that somebody could be so upset that I didn't like Jerry Garcia as much as they did, that they would threaten to kill me. So sure. It's, uh, <laughs> it has been uh, going since then. But you remember the great line was, when you're, over the, when you're over the target, you catch the most flack. And heavens knows, Patricia and I and you and uh, Pendergast and so many people have taken heat. If you can't and Martino was just here a second ago. You know, taking heat is, if, you, if you're not willing to take the heat, I guess, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, this is not the business for you if, if that's the case. So you have to be willing to, uh, to step into the arena and uh, give as good as you get. And, uh, you know, hopefully people will be able to process all of that in uh, a, a manner in which everybody is just talking and exchanging ideas as opposed to doing anything uh, more than that. Uh, you know, that's the idea. We want to start conversations. We want to get people thinking. And I know that's something that has been important to you over the oh. years as well. You know, you, you work with somebody that I, if I had more time and maybe do it on the shoot, is Alan Pendergast. And who was better than Alan? I mean, nobody. Patricia Calhoun gave him free reign and gave you free reign. And that's really, I had Lee Larson with us and, and Chris Olinger was just with us. The guy that would give you the free reign and not try and pull you in. And Alan did incredible work on the Ramses and, you know, Columbine. And he was just, he's just a gift. He could just do it. So, yeah. That's exactly right. It, yeah. Basically, the, the whole idea is that you, uh, you know, create an environment where people can thrive. And Alan, certainly one of the most gifted writers who has uh, been in Denver during the time that I've been oh, here. Man. And uh, you're exactly right. He's done work that has uh, stood the test of time. And uh, uh, there are lots of other folks who have gone through Westward who uh, have, have done the kind of uh, reporting and writing that uh, really makes this city better. Absolutely. People, uh, more informed, uh, more able to see what matters and what doesn't matter. I can say this as a, first of all, it's just a thank you, and you've made the city better. You've made the city more honest. And, uh, it's not mad as well, but uh, please go ahead. No, I was going to say, you did. You, you made the city better. You and Patricia and you know, Alan and you know, you keep keep their feet to the fire and a lot of stuff that people won't do, you're always willing. So, Michael, I got Kenny Danen sitting there. I'm going to stick him with me, but I, my respect is immense. We're doing that shoot show now, and I want you to come and get Patricia and maybe Alan, the three of us or the four of us, will do a show together. I love you, and I respect you, and I really That's appreciate everything you've done. Congratulations on a great career. Thank you.
Thank you so much. It is 8.42, 18 before the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, if there was ever anybody that went along with every crazy idea I ever had, it's this guy. Ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, he's the wizard, Kenny Danen. Hey. Where'd Luby go? Where's Luby? I'm sorry? Where's Luby? Was Luby here? Did I see Luby? He's here. Daryl, you know what? Daryl's on later. Stop doing that. Daryl's on later. Stop doing this live. Stop doing this live. How many times, how many, we went to Haiti together. Oh. I, yep. Uh, that was one. We went. Yeah. The haunted houses. How many haunted houses do you think we did? How many years were you? 30. Okay. 30 houses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we worked at BZ together. Yeah. You, you, KWBZ. And then where did you, I don't know how we ended up. Well, I know you were there and because Dave Logan's coming up. You traveled with the Broncos for how many years? Um, 30? Uh, almost 30. Yeah, almost yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Every stadium, every remote Super Bowl yeah. playoff game. Well, now there's a lot of stadiums that I haven't been to. Oh, man. Oh, because yeah. they built a whole bunch of new ones. So, anyway. He was, it's, we always called him the wizard. Because someone, one way or the other, he could get you on the air. Like, I swear to God, we went to Haiti. And after the quake, me and Kenny... And we lived in an, or- in an orphanage. Yeah. And, and we're up yep. on, the only time you could take well, a shower was when it rained at night. We'd go up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making this go up. Go up on the balcony and, yeah, and take and, a shower. Take your clothes yeah. off and take a shower. And I, I, I can't tell you, I mean, how much it means for you to walk in here. Yeah. I appreciate that, Pete. Uh, we, we showed them. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we, do we show them? Uh, sorry? That's a, did we show them? We showed them. We did. We showed them. Yep. And, and Daryl's coming up a little bit later, but Kenny and Daryl oh, and I, um, I come up with these brain gas ideas. And, and when DeAngelis comes up, we'll talk about being in Christine's office. And I think um, for, uh, the, it was Key said, the little girl liked the parade. This guy, Absolutely. Kenny. And, and Kenny, oh, well. <laughs> and we did a parade. And um, never saw an idea we couldn't put on the air. Never saw, never saw, what? Somebody said, this has written all over it. And we go, yeah, we're right. That's right. I just love you very much, and I'm glad you're here. Same goes. Thank you, Wiz. We're going to take a turnaround here, and Billy Thorpe will tell me what's next. It is 845, 16 minutes before the hour nine. I got about an hour and a half. Hang on. Thank you for being here. Dave Logan coming up. Tom Tancredo coming up. A whole lot more. 710 KNUS. Six minutes before the hour of nine o'clock. 710 KNUS, Denver's talk station. One more time from the View House, I-25 at Arapahoe Road. I'm in a motorcycle club, and I talk about motorcycling a lot, but the club, the Ugly Brothers, and some of my brothers are here, Ugly Tom and Ugly Jay, and who else is here? Ugly Troy, and the guys made it, and it makes me feel good. Also, Karen Parker, who ran Fresh, the Fresh Fish, Fish Company, spit that out, Peter, is here, who I love and adore. Coming up, but this year, to talk about people that influence your life, Please say good morning. The, the, two of the best I know. Jefferson County Sheriff. This is Jeff Schrader, who has been such a mentor. And, of course, now it can be told he is my text brother in the morning, Sheriff Steve Reams. And we, we text each other all through the show. And they have been kind enough to come down and, and join me on the end of this. I, I've always told how I met Jeff. was I, we're, motor, we're washing motorcycles. And Jeff says, there's just some other biker guy, and he says, let's go over and look at the new model, whatever year it was, like 2004s or something. I said, okay. So we're walking around the dealership. I swear to God, 
And I said, I'm Peter Boyles. And he says, I know who you are. And I said, who are you? He said, I'm the sheriff of Jefferson County. It's a true story. Unassuming, he put MC1 together. He put, he put the parade together. For, uh, for that, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Congratulations on your retirement. How much more? What do you got? How, what do you got? Uh, nine months, three days, <laughs> and a wake-up. <laughs> I can't tell you what gifts these two men are. Uh, Steve, I, I want Steve to get into politics. Uh, seriously, I do, because we need him. Brilliant sheriff and a dear, dear friend. And in the mornings when I would do the show and I would say, I got a great text from a friend of mine in law enforcement. Nine times out of ten, that was probably me. Ten times out of ten, it was him. <laughs> and I don't know what you guys, what does, what does all of this mean and all this craziness we're doing? Sheriff, we've been pals a long time. Uh, I've been to your home. We've ridden together. We've had ourselves a hell of a good time. We have had a good time. I wanted to go back a little bit further than that. Uh, and I told you about this one of the first times we met, that I read an article and I can't remember if it was in the post or the news because I was delivering both at the time when I was 15 years old a, a story that you wrote about gang wars at North High School. Yes. And, and uh, that, that was the first influence of Peter Boyles on my life. Well, other than All-Star Wrestling watching that. You're, his father-in-law is this huge wrestling fan. And we've had lunch just to do that, just to talk pro wrestling with your, with your father-in-law. Yep. It was, I mean... They're just wonderful people, and I took a lot of heat for that story, too, because there's no such thing as the other. Where did we meet? Where did you and I meet? Well, I think you and I met over the red flag discussions, but I first started listening to you, uh, I guess, hardcore when the heroin injection sites were coming up, and County Sheriffs of Colorado, we were trying to figure out how to defeat that bill, and I tuned into the radio, and I'm like, we don't have to do much. Peter's got it licked. Um, Stephen Tubbs, too. He's here. Yeah. Mark Crowley. The station altogether put yes. that bill to rest. And, and, you know, for those of us in law enforcement, you look for where those allies are. And you've always been one of those allies for, for those of us that are out working the streets. And uh, you've had our back. And, you know, we're sad to see you go. But you deserve to ride off into the sunset. In nine months, how many days are we going to be riding together? Nine months? Tell me when. Nine months, three days, and a wake up. We'll be riding together. Good rider, great rider, and I've been trying to talk him into a motorcycle, but he's still going. I got I got more to do. Um, I, I don't want to flush anybody out, but I I would love it if you got into politics. Well, you know, running for sheriff is politics. And I know that's but, about as much of it as I can take. I know, but bigger and greater, and you as well. I, I know they've they've danced with you a little bit. Um, I, I truly, you guys, I can think of no two better men. And in a time where I don't know what's next for the Republican Party, these two men could, they could make it happen. They really could. They're, they're just, thank you, Peter. I can't, and, and I've been, when I get jammed up and things happen, I call these guys. You know, uh, I've always come and say, what do you think I should do? And Jeff has never, and you've been at every event. You've stood with us. You've. You gave the award of the boots, and we both have a pair of boots, Frank and I, and I don't know. Well, you, you've stood with law enforcement. You helped us get and made MC1 what it is. Um, MC1 is, uh, the, the original MC1 was Dave Baldwin, yeah. a, a, a longtime friend and coworker of mine, um, and you stepped up to help that and that family, and on behalf of Mark Miller, 
man. Jeff Steinhart, oh. Oh. the entire <laughs> MC1 Foundation. The guys. They all send you congratulations oh. on your retirement. Um, we thank you for the support that you've given. Uh, for those who want to put it on their calendar, September 25th is the MC1 Honor Run this year. And DeAngelis did that too. And what was your final out for you? What, was your, what, what can we do? You know, Peter, I don't know how you'll be replaced in the morning, but if you're going to do any guest spots or anything like that, I'm sure the crowd would love to hear one more imaginary Thanksgiving Day parade. Well, we've talked about That it. is radio gold. We have, we've talked about it. Billy talked about it this morning to come back and do the parade. Um, I love you both very, very much, and I know their families. I know your son. I, of course, your wife is absolutely wonderful, and she's always Jane, and yep. she's just – these guys are lucky men. She sends her love and congratulations. She's the best. Do a turnaround into the final hour. We're coming out of the box with Dave Logan. We're not, we're not, we're not ready yet? No, you're just not breaking. <laughs> we're not what yet? No, we don't break. We don't break yet? Oh, that's right. It's the 9 o'clock. Yes. Did you just get here? Did you just, <laughs> Billy Thorpe, did you just get here? Hey, think even if it hurts. <laughs> yeah, even, <laughs> the, 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 both of the old producers, my Billy and, and Casey are here. Jimmy Sangerberger's here, too. Um, uh, you know, and Daryl's coming up. What do we got coming up in the hour? We're coming, um, this is my boss, Brian Taylor. Um, so we can't take a break here? What do we do? What do you want to do, Billy? I said, Billy, what do you want to do here? To get to Dave Logan. Well, here, let's do this. All right, let's do it. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me do this. All right. Thanks, boss. Thanks, you guys. Deborah Flores here, who I want to do a radio career. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. <laughs> this woman can do radio. I told you my plan. I swear to God, it, you, you would cook. Well, thank um, you, sir. I appreciate no, that. You're, and is your husband here? He is not, but he sends his best, and he will regret always not being able to be on with you on this show, but in the future, definitely. He worked for Vince McMahon, and for really, her husband did. We've had great conversations about pro wrestling, and he's just a really good man, and you're, you are a delight. And oh, thank you. No, no, no. Everybody wanted you to sneak in, and I want you to sneak in. Well, thank you. I'm a little busy right now running for the U.S. Senate, but we'll that. see how that turns out. <laughs> I'm you, I'm, when they were said, there's a future, there's a future for you. Thank you so much, no, Peter. I really appreciate is. it. No, I, I think I've listened to some of your shows, and did you, do, did you do shows before you came up and hooked with us? I did. I've done radio on Salem on and off for 10 years. Okay. I had a show for women called Bring It Up. And then I had the privilege of joining 710 KNUS and doing the Deborah Floor Show and being the director of public policy. And, Peter, I want to say one of the things that people may not know is you and Stefan, when we worked together and I was the director of public policy, are solely responsible, I believe, for stopping heroin injection sites. When we went down Crowley, Crowley. to the Capitol building... And we presented the facts to people of what happens when insane policies like that are implemented. And you led the charge on that. It's been an honor to work with you in that capacity when I was director of public policy. And um, just to learn from you, my friend, you are a legend and you are someone I respect deeply. Love you. Thank you. It is three minutes after the hour. Um, if there ever was a man who sat down, I said this earlier, Mike Rosen, Alan Berg, and this man sat down and got it. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of the Denver Broncos, 85 KOA, high school coach of the year, and one of my dearest friends in radio, Dave Logan. Uh, Uncle Dave, thanks for doing the show, man. Good morning and thank you. Uncle Pete, how are you, my friend? And, uh, and congratulations on 
just an unbelievably successful career. I'm, I'm really happy for you. Proud of you. You're very kind. We, uh, I was telling the hitman, hitman called me at the house, and I was telling him about we were going to meet for 10 minutes, and you were going to give me your book, and we ended up doing like three and a half hours sitting in a start. Yeah. It was, and it was wonderful. I mean, I can't tell folks what a good man Dave Logan is. And uh, my grandson's here. One of them, he said he wants to go out and play for you. He wants to play football for Dave Logan. Oh, that's, that's, but, that's kind. Uh, that's kind. You know, what a career. And you, know, and you got into business through the late, great Irv Brown. Didn't Irv bring you into the business? Yeah, he did. He and, he and Joe both. Um, I, I had just retired from the NFL, and uh, I had known Irv a long time. And, and uh, actually, Irv called and said, hey, what are you going to do? And I said, I, I really don't have any idea. I was going to study to be an estate planner. I didn't, I didn't. I had no clue. And I thought about really going back and continuing my career the next year because I had a couple opportunities. But Irv said, hey, why don't you come out and just do a uh, Super Bowl preview show for an hour? And so I did. Um, and then that's, that's sort of how it morphed into uh, to the career. I started working with them and doing a show by myself initially, six to seven. And the good thing, and you and I have talked about this, the good thing, I, I you know, it was on a station that uh, at, at dusk went to about 500 watts, and so <laughs> nobody could hear me make what I'm certain was a lot of mistakes early on. So, uh, yeah, it was it was good. And then you and I worked together, yeah, what on. what year was that, 87 <laughs> yeah. maybe? 80, 80, fill in the blank, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And that's where Irv was there and the Hitman was there. And uh, – that's when I just fell in love with Joe. You know, just that this guy's just a one yep. of a kind. And do the story. Yep. Yep. I promise stories because Kenny Danan's here. Tell the this is one of the all time great radio stories um, where you think they got the, you got an interview with John Elway. Tell, David, if you would, that's just a great story. Well, and I'll try to I'll try to be brief about it. The, the Broncos were playing in Super Bowl Thirty Two, right? So. They're out in San Diego. We're out there with them. We're out there for the entire week. They're playing the Green Bay Packers. So normally, and, and even even now, I still do the the coaches show and the quarterback show before the game, and then we play that we play that in our broadcast or two hour pregame show before the game starts. So sit down with Mike Shanahan and uh, and talked with him. He was great as always. And we're doing these interviews uh, in the lobby of the hotel we were staying in. So uh, now do the Elway interview, and, and he was as animated and as forthright and as confident as I've ever heard him. And, Pete, he all but said, we're, we're going to win the game. I mean, it, it was just – he stopped just short of like a Joe Namath moment yeah. when Namath guaranteed that the, uh, the Jets would beat the Colts in the Super Bowl. And so it was just really – it was gold – in terms of radio. So we did uh, six minutes and uh, said, hey, thanks. And then John got up and left, and I'm like, fellas, I, I mean, that's that's going to be – that's just unbelievable. And Kenny, the wizard, had this sort of blank look on his face. He's looking at the, the board, of which I don't know anything going on. He goes, well, um, we got you, Dave. Ah, right in the middle of the, the payoff on the story. Did we lose him? I don't know. What happened to that? I don't know. Is that one of those pro wrestling things where they just cut the guy off, right? Is it all the time bring them all to the conclusion. We'll get him back. We'll get Dave Logan back. All right, try it again. 12 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. Give yourselves a hand.
Highs in the 50s, light rain. We're in a view house, I-25 and Arapaho Road, a great place. And uh, finish it up, Uncle Dave. Sometimes when that would happen, we'd always say, I'm just kidding, Jay Edgar. We were right in the middle of this great story with Dave Logan and the thing blowing off the air. Never happened to us before. Uh, never. 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 Or some guy came in and turned the mic switch off in front of you because you had offended someone. Um, Dave Logan, of course, the voice of the Broncos, and you were starting to tell a story actually about Kenny Danan, and you had this great interview going with Elway. Dave, if you would pick it up there, please. Yeah, I'm not sure where we, we lost connection, but anyway, uh, did did the interview with uh, with John. It was a great six minutes. He, um, you know, as I said, I'm not sure how much he got. He stopped just short of guaranteeing the Broncos were going to win. I mean, it was radio gold. And so he gets up, goes back to the players' lounge, and look over at Kenny, the wizard, and Kenny's got this blank and look on his face, and he's pale. And it, what it comes down to is we didn't get the interview. We we did not have what was maybe the best interview that I'd ever done to that point. So program director said, Dave, you got to go back in the players' lounge and get him to do it again. I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I am not walking in there with this dude on Friday before the game and saying, hey, we didn't get the interview. Of course, I did. Uh, John was not happy about it, but to his credit, after, uh, after I got the look of death for about 15 seconds, we went back, did the interview, and it, it was close. He did a great job of sort of replicating his answers. And, but you could tell, I mean, you could tell just after talking to him that they, the Broncos really felt like that they were going to win the game, even though they were like a, whatever, 13-point underdog. The one and only Dave Logan, Peter Boyle, is on one more time, 710K in U.S. Luby's sitting next to me, and he's got to come up on the show next. Who, and I, people always ask you about the best, who, who was the turnaway on you? Who, who didn't want to talk to you? Whoever hung up on you? Whoever bailed on you, Dave? Oh, wow. Um, you, know, you, you know, Pete, we, yeah, I do. we've had athletes, we've had athletes that, that have done that. We, we, back in the day, we talked to Ralph Sampson. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Herb got Ralph Sampson, the former great player on, and was totally uninterested in that. And I asked him about four or five questions. I got one-word answers on four or five questions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you do this long enough, you're certainly, you're certainly going to run into a, to a few of those. And, um, you know what? Now, nowadays, uh, it's it's even tougher because of social media, and athletes don't feel like they they have to come on and do uh, do radio shows or even even print for that matter. So the the game, as you know, the game has really changed. The thing that you did, and I mentioned it when we started, and I said it was about true about Allen and true about Rosen, and to a degree Martino. The minute you sat down behind the microphone, you had it. I'm serious about this. A lot of people, you know, and you have become a radio guy. You know, you do play-by-play, you do TV, you obviously the coaches show, um, everything that you've done. And when young guys are coming into the business, David, is there anything you would say about what it is we do and how you do it? Well, first of all, I, I appreciate that. I, that's I, true. I'm not sure that's that's true. Um, I, I, uh, I I benefited really, Pete, honestly, when I first got started in my career because I was around some veteran guys, including you, that, uh, that understood the game. And I, I went into that thing completely open-minded, um, just trying to learn what to do and, and maybe more importantly what not to do, yeah. right? And so I, I also benefited from starting on a station, uh, AM 1600, that nobody could hear when, 
when I was doing my thing. So it allowed me to grow in a way that I, I could learn from my mistakes, and my mistakes were not uh, fatalistic. Yeah. I think a lot of guys come into the uh, radio and TV business now, and they get they get put in situations that are because of their name yeah. that are really unfair because they're just not ready yeah. to handle that that sort of um, that sort of size of broadcast. But I, you know, I was around. I mean, you and I. You and I worked together on KNUS back in oh, whatever yeah. it was, 87 or 88. Yep. Um, I worked yeah. with Jim Turner. <laughs> um, you know, you, you're around some really talented people, and you just have to keep your, your ears open and your mouth right. shut and learn what you can, and that's, that's what I was able to do. As in, in the words of another moment and in the most amazing time that you and I shared, that's how they gave it to Weeb. <laughs> well, you know, uh, and I know you got to go, but one quick story. We we worked together in KNUS, yep. and um, one day we get a call from um, the, the the program director said, "Hey, you got to be in for a meeting at one o'clock." I said, "Well, I've got a I've got an orthodontist appointment." He said, "Well, you better cancel because all the suits are going to be there." I don't know what this is about. So we're sitting in there. You and I are sitting by each other, mm-hmm. and uh, the 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 suits walk in and said, "Hey." Um, we're changing our format, and as of 1 o'clock, KNUS is no more. Uh, those of you that have contracts, we'll talk to you about that. We're going to let you guys talk about mm-hmm. this, and they walked out of the room. Yeah. So there's like 30 of us sitting yeah. in there, yeah. and a couple people were really shook up, emotional. And so me, I'm thinking, well, nobody does it like this. So you and I looked at each other, and I said, we're not getting fired. We're going to come back. They're going to come back with a huge marketing plan, how we're going to attack KOA, la, la, la. Well, we all got fired. So that's, uh, that was one of the radio stories you and I shared together from a long time ago. And there's an aftermath, and there's a in that moment, and if, the, if I ever write it, I'll, you know, i got to do like MacArthur did, write the book and then die, and then people publish it. But David, yeah, you, you would have some, listen, you would have some great stories, uh, about 40% of which you could never tell until you were 10 feet in the ground. We were there, brother. I love you, David, yep. more than you ever know. Lunch real soon. Take care, man. You're yep. the best I know. Dave I'm Logan. proud of you, Pete, and I congratulate you, and I love you back. We'll talk soon. Thank you very much. It's 18 after the hour. He moves into the microphone. We just had Kenny Danen on, and one half of the team that put, I don't know how many, how many haunted house stories together and how many crazy times. Great skier and longtime friend, Daryl Luby, everybody. Hello, hey, my friend. What do you know, everybody? <laughs> Jeez. Huh? So this all started with you and Marconi, right? I was board hopping him. I thought so. I was board hopping Marconi. <laughs> <laughs> he was taking calls. There you go. Uh, nah, God, D. I'm so glad you're here and came down. And you, nobody could miss this show. Oh, well. No. Uncle Dave. I was better than Uncle Dave. Isn't that the truth? People don't know what a slugger Uncle Dave is. Uncle Dave tolerated nothing. That's right. And I've, I was around a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Dave calls. Hold that guy there. And uh, I think I said, I think of your five G Wedley. And Kenny. It's been a tough, long ride, but it's been nothing but giggles. What's your favorite of all the stuff that we pulled, all the stunts? What's that? I'm sorry? All the stunts that we did, what's your oh. favorite? Oh, I don't know how many I did. We did an awful lot. We the, did. The Halloween shows and so forth. Um, you know, the, the 2008 Democratic Convention, you oh, and yeah, I yeah. worked up in the, oh, yeah. in the, what was it, the Greek theater? No, we went, and, uh, we went and we lived. Everybody wanted to embed, and you and I wanted, I wanted to embed with the protesters. And it's like when somebody goes high, you go low. And I said, I'm going to embed with the protesters. And they kind of looked at me like, and I said, I'll bring Daryl with me. And, <laughs> Lucky know, and, me. And, and Bonowell. Bonowell came with us. 
and and we were embedded with the protesters. Yep. And um, that was a great show. Oh. We, had, we had the homeless guy who came every morning. That's right. He was our he was our uh, TA. He was <laughs> he was our he was our graduate assistant. That's exactly. the home. This home guy, uh, homeless guy, comes over. He says. I got your back, and I'm going, why? And he said, you have any idea where you guys are? And it was nighttime. Yeah. You know, the toughest look I ever got from you was when we were doing that convention show down, downtown live. We went on there at 5 o'clock, and about 5.06, I get a phone call that there's a problem back down in the I, tech center. I, and I know what the problem was. Yeah. And, and, and I looked at you and said, Pete, Gotta I'm going to have to leave for about 20 minutes. You're here by yourself. I remember that. And the look you gave me, whoo. <laughs> you know, show is everything. But then later I found out what it was, and it helped somebody's life. Actually, you saved her life. But yeah. And I'm sitting in the middle of that place all by myself, and you're gone. Oh, and I don't think I've ever driven I-25 as fast as that morning. And I think the Sheik was on the board. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. I think I know I'm right. I think you're right, yeah. Oh, yeah it was always pleasant when the heat was on. <laughs> I said, Luby left. What? And I said, no, we're here. And we couldn't even take calls, I think. it was. No. Like, I'm there with all these you know, proto-Marxist and homeless guys. And that was a cool morning. It was. I, I love you. I, you need to know that. And, well, thanks, brother. I feel much the same way. Everything huh? that's happened, everything you've done, yeah. it's, it's hard to believe, but here we are, right? That's exactly right. Me and you and another old man over there, Kenny. Huh? Yeah. What a trio. We'll go to lunch. Okay, you're on there. We're on. Larson's coming home for baseball, and we'll do the, take a break. Close up? What are we yeah. going to do? Yeah. We okay. Um, coming up. And, and, and Tancredo's coming on the show, and the boys are coming on. And do you want to? And what what is your best radio memory? Because remember when? Here's one. You had a picture of your father's motorcycle. That's right. Tell that story. My dad rode motorcycles. I mean, since before I can remember, and I think he finally stopped riding at about 85. That's what I plan on doing. Yeah, I hope so you do. Yeah. Uh, Dad had artificial knees, and he said, you know, I'm sitting at a stoplight. I never know if I'm going to be able to hold it up anymore. So he finally stopped riding. But he had, well, he started with Indians way back. And uh, we found a picture of one of his motorcycles sitting out in the yard. In a farmyard. In a farmyard in Nebraska. Chickens around the motorcycle. It's a great shot. And I brought it in to show you, and, and I didn't know what kind it was, and you couldn't identify it. And so you just turned it loose to all your, your biker friends. And we so put forth. it on the Internet. Online. Yep. Put it on the Internet. And we finally found out uh, some information about the bike. But it was, your dad, it was your dad's Indian. It was an old tank shift Indian. Yeah. Had chickens and there was a barn in the back. I remember it so well. Absolutely. He must. Absolutely. Any guy like that's all right with me. That's right. Aye. <laughs> um, are we getting, what are we going to do? Again, again, one of those things because people come and go. Uh, this is well, the last time. Yeah. Hard to believe. It is. Yeah. It is. But it's, and there's like no sorrow. It's just, it's, everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And, yeah. Yeah. and uh, you and I know it. You know, I've heard a lot of people talking about your radio savvy and knowing what was the good story. And I've got to say, Pete, that when it came to the big stories, you were a pit bull with lockjaw. Ah. Because, boy, you would lock onto a story and, and, and you, would, you would make it work. When I wanted to go to Haiti, and he said, okay, I'll go with you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Haiti. All right. Yeah. Kenny was fearless. And, and, and as I remember, uh, we took brand new equipment that we yeah. hadn't oh, used yeah. before. Yeah. And I was back at the station yeah. just sweating bullets. Yeah. And strangely enough, we were able to pull it off pulled for it the off. most part. We pulled uh, it off. Be- because the, uh, the Wi-Fi wasn't real good down there. <laughs> Nothing was real good down there. But I'll tell you, Kenny's got a heart of a champion. We went to every one of those haunted houses, went on remotes. Uh, never back down. Kenny never back down. You never back down. And yeah. I think that was part of it. You know, you put your chin in the wind. Yeah. 
and see what they're going to do with it. But we never said, you know, never backed away, and we're always willing. Well, we were never smart enough to know that we couldn't there do it. There you I think that's the difference. There was, yeah, so we just went ahead and did it. One of my favorite books is The Shootist, and the same guy that wrote Bless the Beast and the Children wrote The Shootist. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment in the book with the old gunfighter. His name is John Bernard Brooks. And the kid in the barn who Ronnie Howard played in the movie, and uh, Books was good for like 23 guys, whatever that number was. And he said to Books, and he said, uh, Mr. Books, he said, uh, how did you manage to kill all of those people? And Books responded, well, I was willing. And I said, when he's thinking about it, I already know I'm going to kill him. So I love you. Thank you, brother. We were willing. Feel the same way. Ah. All right. You're the best. It's 25 after the hour. We breaking, buddy? No, sounds great. Think great. Oh, at 25 after the hour, if there's ever anyone who ruined my life and influenced me to a better degree, it's this guy. Uh, please say good morning and welcome to the radio show. The one, the only, I can't tell you how much I love and admire him, Tom Tancredo. Give him a hand. Tommy. Good morning, buddy. Hey, man. Um, I, I, it's been written now. You're going through a struggle. and uh, I, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm trying to remember when I met you. Uh, whether you were in the house or you were working, you were Ronald Reagan's guy. Which, what was it when we first met? Oh my gosh, I was in the house. I'm almost sure. Yeah, so long ago, I hardly remember, but I, I think I was in the U.S. House, I mean, the state house. And you came over, yeah, and you came to the radio station, and I just fell in love with you. I said, this guy's like the best. And um, we started a career pretty much. We ran it together, man. We ran it hard. Absolutely. It was great. Great fun, buddy. Great fun. And we showed um, Whether I don't know what the United States is going to do without us now, <laughs> if we really... <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> who's going to raise as much hell as we did? Well, that's right. I mean, the great line from um, Winston Churchill, he said, graveyards are full of irreplaceable men. Yeah. And, and it's true. It's um, how, how does how does being retired feel? Oh, great! <laughs> yeah, I think, it is. Yeah. Retirement is terrific. And, um, you know, I, is, but, sorry, but retirement is. And yeah. <clears throat> I never looked back. Honestly, um, when we when I left Congress, I never ever looks back and said, oh, but I'm kind of that way. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, um, it's like when you finish a chapter in a book, I mean, I turn it over. I don't read to the beginning. And the same way with life. You figure, uh, you, you, um, you close a chapter and you should never look back. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, I don't know why exactly. I don't force myself to not look back. I just don't. It's not. Uh, it's not productive, and certainly. I mean, you know, because one of the things I think is important, Peter, is to is to know when to leave and then know when to quit, and you do now, and the uh, the the best thing about being that way, not looking back, is that you know you know you've you, you know you have finished a 
job. I mean, when I got to the tenth year in the in the Congress, I knew I had done everything I could do there. And now there are a lot of my ex colleagues I know who never think that they uh, could do enough and will be there forever. But it's just not me. When I got to the end, I got to the end. Mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't. You know, I mean. I probably burned every bridge that I had <laughs> in Congress, and never was uh, me. And I knew I wasn't going to get anything done because of the way that the leadership felt about me. So it was over. That's all there was to it. Well, you never. All I can say in I, this final half hour of radio, Tom, I love you. I thank you for everything. I thank you what you've done for my family how close we've become, and for the lunches that will resume ASAP. Everybody, DeAngelis is here. Everybody's chomping to get the lunch back together. And um, Yeah, yeah. We will do it. I can do it. I, I can, most, I, most days. I, can do I love it. you. Um, our conversations, our personal one-on-one conversations, life and times conversations, they, they're, they're a fortune to me. And you've been a true guide. You've been a wonderful guide. And a wonderful friend. The best to Jackie, who I have no idea why she why she continues to be married to you. <laughs> Thank, a lot, Debbie. Thanks, Congressman. Love you. Thank, Thank you. you. And Thank All you right. for everything. Oh, pff, Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being mine. All right, it's 930. Uh, I don't know what turns next, but it will. Let's take a quick turnaround. Final half hour. Highs in the 50s today, light rain, the view house, I-25, at Arapahoe Road, what a great place. 710 KNUS, right back. It is 9.35, everybody, 25 minutes before the hour of 10 o'clock, 24 minutes before the hour of 10 o'clock. I feel like Dick Clark on New Year's Eve. Highs today in the 50s, some light rain, and starting on Monday, of course, George Brockler. George is here. Chuck Bonnewell walked in. We're in the view house, I-25 at Arapahoe Road. Somebody I want to recognize is John Bandemir. John Bandemir is one of the finest men I've ever known in my life. Johnny, stand up for, just wave for a second because that really is the man. He has been so terrific to me and to my family and everything he's done. Now, because we could do this for, I wanted to do actually to 11 o'clock and they told me no. Sitting next to me is one of my dearest friends I've ever had in my life who has been through the crucible. He has really paid a price. Ladies and gentlemen, when I say who it is, it is Frank DeAngelis from Columbine High School. Now, we met, uh, we were talking about doing stuff together, and I, I was asked to go to a lunch. You take over from there. Well, the first year after Columbine, um, I made the radio station every morning with Peter, and it wasn't the kindest. And the narrative was not accurate. And I called him up and I said, Mr. Boyles, I listen to your show, I respect you. But let's have breakfast together, and after we sit down or lunch together, and after we do that, if you feel the same way, then I'm fair game. And so we ended up meeting at 5280 in Littleton, and we spent three hours together. And he apologized, and he said, Frank, I am sorry for the narrative. And he said, you need to come on my show, and we're going to change that. And that changed my career, and it helped me because he was the voice. And I'll never forget the show that I went on, and, we, and Peter said, we're not going to take any callers. And all of a sudden, 
uh, the producer is waving through there, and Peter says, no caller, and he said, you got to take this. And a young man, a father came on and said, Frank, thank you for saving my daughter that day at Columbine, and Peter and I are in tears. And so he started my career where it needed to be to resume, so I'm internally grateful to you, Peter, for everything. Well, um, I'll tell you my DeAngelis story. A woman came up to Frank at a uh, high school soccer game, and um, I'll cry, and she said, you see that little girl out there playing? And Frank said, yeah, I was calling coach. Coach said, yeah. And she said, well, she wouldn't be here if you hadn't opened that door. And there's a DeAngelis story that DeAngelis carried a ring of keys. How many keys were on that ring, coach? About 35 keys. <clears throat> he runs to the door. He can see one of the killers. You take it from here. Gunman's coming towards me, and the girls were unaware. And this was before we did all the drills. The only drills we did back then were fire drills. So I knew if I got him into the gym and then possibly get him outside, and everything was going as planned. But I pull on the gym door, and it's locked. And Gunman is literally coming around the corner. I mean, we're in trouble. I had about 35 keys on a key ring, and the first key I stuck in the door, it opened it on the first try. Or There's a good possibility I wouldn't be sitting here. Think of that. And how many times have you, did you try to replicate that? Fifteen years I stayed until I retired and could never do it. It worked the first time. That's a DeAngelis story. And we have become friends. We're family friends. We did Emily's parade. I, I think Chris is still here. We're sitting at Christine's office. And uh, John Michael Keyes, you show up. And I can't tell you, I mean, this guy shows. And he said, yeah, we can do it. And we did a parade, and we talked about there would be like, it was me and you and your brother, yeah. who I love. We're standing at the gates of Columbine thinking six bikes will show up. How many? We had 3,000 bikes. True story. And literally, when the last bike left Columbine, the first bike was arriving up at True Black Canyon. True story. I'm looking at the Angeles, and we're seeing motorcycle after motorcycle after motorcycle, and we had no idea. And it worked. Here's another rare treat. Those of you who have listened to talk radio... And this is my guy. Ladies and gentlemen, the Black Avenger, Kenny Hamlin. <laughs> well, Peter, it's the end of an era. Me and you, Mike Rosen. God. Alan Berg, Gary Tesla, Andrea Van Steenhouse. When, I know. Oh, you know, you look great. I mean. Uh, I've got macular hole. I saw that. I just. I thought you were being Sammy Davis no, Jr. No, 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 no. That's a good shot. That's a good jock, though, isn't it? Yeah. I, I love it. But, uh, no, I'm good. And, um, hey. We're here. We never rode together. No, I'm we didn't. I'm still riding my soft tail. I know. I'm still riding my road. My, I yeah. threw a road yeah. king and I was street glide. But I got to tell you a story about Kenny. Somebody hires Kenny and I to go give a speech someplace. You're driving. Hamlin always wears hats. Always wears hats. And his dad was a cop in New York named Wahoo, who was a Barney badass. All the stories that, you, you don't even have to tell the stories. Other people say, oh, Wahoo. Then they roll their eyes because they didn't mess with Wahoo. Peter, you know what? No, let me tell you Those story. are all wonderful memories. But, you know, Peter and I first met in the hallway on Lincoln at KOA. That's true. And, you know, there it was Berg. I mean, I was this turkey. And I walked in there. <laughs> And I thought, wow, Allen Berg, Peter Boyles, Peter Boyles, Allen Berg. He has some other guy named Tesla, but Allen Berg, Peter Boyles. And it was like, it was big time for me. It was big time. 
And then I started saying things, and you, we, we, I've described that period of time up until we lost him. We were the princes of the city. We were. There was no competition. It was a 50,000-watt clear channel. You could get it in your teeth radio station. Chris Olinger was the boss. Lee Larson is just was on the radio show. We're working for Joel Day. Yeah. Uh, and we, we killed it. I mean, you must have had like a 23 at night. I mean, you must have just, that meant that a... Oh, God. I mean, you, I, I was doing, well, I was doing uh, 8 to midnight, and yeah. I'd come home, and I would have a scotch, and my wife would be sitting there in bed looking at me, and she wants to know what's wrong with this relationship. Um, it was, you know, it was a great time. I mean, then, of course, we've got to mention Berg, oh, yeah. you know. Lee Larson always says not to worship at that altar, but just like the gentleman to the right, it's a life changer. It's something uh, that you never forget, you know, that moment. And I was on the air that night, and there was that scene from Rod Steiger's The Twilight Zone with the figure twirling down the hole, and that really actually happened. I sat in that studio, and I fell in through an infinity, and... uh, it, uh, you know, it, it changes you. It was when, the- when, when there's a murder, whether it's a son or a friend, uh, a neighbor, it, it cha- it's something that's always with you. Uh, you can get rid of a tat, but you can't get rid of that experience. I've said this about that moment, and Kenny was on air when it blew. It was never the same. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I mean, that was, if there was a golden era, it ended that night. And everything else is aftermath, and and my son's here, and he was as old as my grandson, and he he's now as a man told me how impactful that was on his life as a young boy to have, yeah. and he knew him, he knew Alan came to the house, you know, and so I don't want to end it on that. But there are other things, yeah, good things too. Okay. There was Berg and I who fought like oh. two alley cats, <laughs> and. It was funny because you Jim too. Hawthorne put us together. Yeah. He called, well, first of all, Peter and Andrea and I, I think Mike was there. And no, they, Mike, Mike was at 710. Okay, he would, okay. But they would put me at the back of the line. Of course, I never replied anything racial to it. <laughs> uh, but it was basically because Alan and I would, would fight. I would follow Alan, and Alan was a smoker, and Alan would leave an ashtray full of tobacco butts and everything and so we would go at each other and Allenberg would refer to me as okay Mr. Hotshot and so Jim Hoth well Peter would Peter would duff out I would leave he's gone everybody would would leave us these guys fine because I got a wrap I've got 15 minutes left all right we're in a we're in a boardroom General Electric's boardroom and I learned that we go to these meetings with AB and Kenny and Kathy Bradshaw was throwing switches for me. And as soon as, as soon as it would be like open lines meeting, I said, come on, Bradshaw, we got no bit. And we'd leave. And these two guys would be up like standing, screaming at each other. I'm going, this is radio. Well, he would start a fire in the Of course the he studio. would. I, I, they got to jump yeah. in. Oh, no. Okay, now I'm being told. Two, two, more, two more stories. Two more stories and one from Frank. So this time thing is changing here quickly. Um, up the veil, the ski the ski deal. So we go up to Vail. Hawthorne puts us together. You guys are going to ride together. You're going to get together. 
So we get up there. Allenberg's wearing leather shoes. It's ice up in Vail. And I'll go cut to the story. Alan says to me, I'm a turkey. I'm learning. And he says, okay, what, what position do you want? I said, what are you talking about? He says, just pick a position. Are you pro or con? I said, well, uh, what are you? Breastfeeding, breastfeeding. Where do you stand on breastfeeding? And I said, well, breastfeeding's normal. Okay, okay. So we get on the, the switch on the mic, and Alan Berg says, it's Ken Hamblin and Alan Berg up at the Vail Ski, blah, blah, blah. And I got to tell you what we saw last night. There is this woman sitting in the lodge, and she has got a baby, and she's, her, her boobie is sticking out. And she's feeding this baby. And I'm going, Alan, breastfeeding is perfectly not. No, 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 no. Let me, uh, you just keep quiet. And let me tell you, and he finished up with the punchline, and she had on go-go boots, okay? <laughs> well, the phone lit up. I mean, broop, every line lit up. And the first woman is who's the call. She says, Alan, who is that guy? He is wrong. And we switched off, and Alan said to me, you see, I told you. <laughs> okay. I got it. All right, final one, um, and this is not, we'll be together for MC1 and everything else we do. Um, people don't know what a hell of a guy you are, and um, you have been a one-of-a-kind in my life, and uh, it's just final 13 minutes on the radio, and to have you sitting next to me means everything to me, so you need to know that. Well, yeah. same, yeah. and whenever times got tough, I got a text or a phone call for you, and I knew you always had my back. And I remember the conversation we had when you had your stroke. Oh, yeah. And um, we've been there, and I'm looking forward to the lunches sure, and watch. journeys. And uh, get, I love you dearly. Like get, get Tancredo out of this, and we'll try and make him buy. <laughs> That's going to be tough. Uh, Kenny Hamlin and Frank DeAngelis, both you guys, please. All right. Thank you. Um, I think got the boys okay. Uh, the guys are going to come and wrap it up. A light 50s and light rain, and George Brockler, who is here. George, on uh, Monday morning, it's George Brockler's show. Um, and uh, like I said, I, there's no, no, <laughs> watch this. So when I came over to 710 KNUS, <laughs> I got these two knuckleheads. Uh, Casey Boyer is here, and of course, the one and only Billy Thorpe. I, I love you. Both of you are like having kids. You know, I got three children here, Morgan and you two, and then I'm my grandson. So I can't tell you what you mean. Case, what do you think? What a run, man. What a run. Um, what do you say to somebody that uh, has meant that much to you in your life? I mean, legend gets thrown around a lot. I've said this on Stephen Tubbs' show yesterday, but it gets overused and oversaid, but not in the case of this gentleman next to me. The Colorado media scene would not be the same, and you can't tell the story of Colorado media without Peter Boyles. And as much as he is a great radio host, I, it's nothing compared to the man he is. Ah. And how you've done and what you've done to treat my family and us. You're, you're part of my family. I'm part of yours. We always will be. I love you, Pete. I love you. Your brother's here, too, Pastor Scott. Only guy ever bounces on a St. Patrick's Day in Butte, Montana. <laughs> I said, this guy really is a hard ass. Billy, you and I worked together on two times. We worked yeah. at KHW together, and then you, I caught a break when this guy bails out to become a beer baron. Yeah. And, and you come in. It was uh, special. I mean, I got to tell you, Pete, that getting a chance to have a second tour of duty with you 
was something remarkable. Uh, basically, it's the most memorable and the most impactful time of my three decades in radio. Now, without the solid foundation that you and Casey built, there's no way that you and I would have had the ratings and revenue success that we did. Casey, I owe you. Thank you. Uh. From the bottom of my heart, man. Now, you know, Pete, maybe someday you and I will pull back the curtain and we will explain to that portion of the audience that hates my guts <laughs> that that was exactly the point. See, I needed you to hate me. That was a very important piece to the puzzle for how we were going to win. We set out not to be everybody's favorite morning radio show. We set out to be the radio show you couldn't ignore. And we did it. We put that championship belt around your waist one last time. <laughs> and in the process, we made Denver Radio history. So here's the thing. That the bottom line, everything that I did was to make sure that when it was time, when you felt you wanted to get on your Harley and ride off into the distance, that everyone in Denver Radio knew that Peter Boyles is the man. I love you. Um, I got a break from Dan Hopkins, who's had to leave. He's the the um, traffic reporter guy doesn't show up, and it's the morning of my daughter's birthday. She's here somewhere, and uh, I went on the air, and I met Bob Lee. And Bob Lee, we teamed up because of Bob Prangley, and we had a morning show on KLAK. We went from, like, 26 in the market to two in the market and two books, I didn't know how to act. I went from living in a house to buying a new home. I went from driving a leaky green Volkswagen to buying a new Corvette from Stevenson. We owned bars together. When I think of Bob Lee, it's like a hear a steel guitar whining in the night. Started to rodeo. Um, went to bull riding school. Um, we jumped out of airplanes together. We, and then in the middle of all of that, I. Um, I John Mullins, and that goes back to Kenny and everybody else, they called me up and said, would you be interested in doing talk radio? And I walked off of a pretty successful morning country show, and I want to start doing talk radio. And that's where I met Alan and, of course, met Mike there, and GT Gary Tesler was there. And, I mean, just so many great people. And, uh, of course, that folded. That got shot out from underneath us. And we did the infamous now Begathon, trying to raise money. And then uh, because of Hal Moore... Uh, they said, we want to do 8 to Midnight on KHOW and Petroleum Cult Building. That's where I met Phil Boyce. And we did that. And then AB went to KOA and, uh, because he simply didn't want to get up. But uh, Gary had left. And, uh, and he called me up. He said, want to talk to these guys. And I took the morning show, 9 to noon on KOA. And that was the time. I mean, that was, as Kenny would say, that was the golden moment. Uh, the broadcasting group came over and said, you want a lot of money to do a radio show on another radio station? I said, sure. I had a television show at the time, and I, um, I'm an alcoholic and an addict, and I was really into my disease. And then Alan has his life taken, and it changes everything. I can't tell you how much it changed. And I went, and I gained my wellness. And my son is here, and my daughter is here, and my grandson's here. I went to May. I was, I was, a, I was a dead man walking. Uh, went from there, um, Lee Larson and Christine gave me the morning show on 760 waiting because they knew something's going to happen at KHOW. 
Hal Moore, who is the best disc jockey I ever heard in my life, Hal steps aside and they give me mornings. And I had mornings for 20 years, went through the Ramses, and I mean, just every conceivable great thing with Daryl and Kenny and Lee and, and Christine and Mike's across the hall and Gus Merkus is alive. And, and then I did what I did, and I, Brian Taylor, who's in the back of the room, I'm sitting there going, okay, what's next? And I get a call, and they said, we'd like to have lunch with you, and it was Kelly Michaels, and it was, it was Brian Taylor. And, um, and, and to Phil Boyce's credit, and they said, okay, we'll give you a shot. And I walk in the door, and here's this kid, and he says to me, he said, um, do you mind if I uh, don't stay with you and I go to work on afternoons? I said, no, do what you want to do. Show's over at 9 o'clock. He says, I think I'd like to stay. <laughs> and, uh, and then he, he's become a beer baron, and then... I can say this about Billy with my son sitting here. I'm the only guy that ever took his kids to the OzFest. And I, I took my son Morgan, your, your brother. How old yeah. was your brother? Maybe 12. And how old were you? It was an experience. Morgan, how old were you? He learned some they new took words. Off? But I'm trying because I can't see through the lights. But we went to the OzFest. And I'm backstage. And it was during the Ramses. And there were these guys, Ozzy wants to talk to me about the, about the Ramses. And I'm talking to all these guys. And then we sort of wrapped it, and um, and I don't know. My, my children are now adults, and uh, and I want a special thank Mark Crowley, who's sitting right over here. Mark Crowley and I, I'm, I'm making my bones at the AAA Auto Club doing traffic reports, and Marky, who spent 30, 30, how many years, Mark, on the cops? 33 years on the cops. He's a dispatcher. He's not even a cop yet. He's dispatching tow trucks. And, hey, man, how you doing? How you doing? And then uh, Mark's wife was married to, was, excuse me, it was the, his sister, Greg Lopez, who was killed after John Coit passes. And so all these things sort of interplay. Um, I was thinking about what I was going to say. And uh, I think I was talking to my nephew last night. When I'm a little kid, um, I go to the movies. And um, my dad, I figured out why he was doing it. It was a dollar for four of us to go to the movies, a quarter apiece. I think it's probably the only time my dad had a loan with my mother. And, I, and in the end, I was the kid that when the credits were rolling, and it was always a double feature, I backed up the aisle. Other people walked up the aisle. I was watching. I liked it so much that I'm watching the credits and who the best boy was and who was the grips, and, and I'm walking backwards to keep the, the most of that experience with me. And with a couple minutes to go, that's how I feel right now. I'm walking backwards up the aisle, watching all of this, and I'm watching the credits roll. And it's, I gotta tell you, please don't be sad. Uh, I had a hell of a time. I mean, I had a great time. I got to do stuff that, when I, when I, I mean, I like to show you the house that we grew up in, and my dad, and I wish he were here, and I wish my mom was here, and I, 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 I can't tell you, I mean, there was times and um, I was a, I mean, this is the truth. You had a glass of milk. You want it for breakfast? Do you want it for dinner? You pick. And that's what it was. And it was when my sister and I, when we, they played Dolly Parton, Hard Candy Christmas, that's, that was real stuff. But here I am, this old guy with this great family, with these guys who will always be family and everybody else. If, if you call me, I'll be there. If you ask me, I'll be there. And I looked down. Here's Corey Voorhees sitting there. And I look at a life that we saved. I mean, this radio show saved that guy's career. They were going to screw him and put him in jail, and we saved him. You look around, the people that, like Frank, I mean, 
Frank has become this inner person. Um, these two guys, I mean, my son, my grandson, uh, Dina, everybody that's here, it's just, it's a special moment. And um, to Brian Taylor and Kelly Michaels, you got me off the beach, man. I thought, <laughs> I thought is, is this like the end of, uh, you know, is, is this really the end of Rico when, when he's standing behind that billboard and they shot him? And he, is this the end of Rico? Edward G. Robinson. And uh, it's not the end. It's, it's a new chapter, and stuff will happen. I'm going to stay with Brian, and Mark and I will continue to do the shoot, and I'll do voiceover stuff and spots and ads, and um, I'll still write for Chuck and Julie at the, at, the, at the magazine. And So this is where the cowboy rides away. Um, and um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sad. I'm glad. I had a shot. You know, we don't get shots often. And better yet, when someone once said there's no second acts, that's a total lie. I've had three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've had 100 second shots. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know more what to say except this was a hell of a time. This business is a great business. When I listen to people lambast the radio business, I say, man, let it go. This business gave me a life. It gave me things that I would have never imagined. And I was thinking with Kenny sitting over there, me and Kenny Dane and taking showers on a roof in Haiti and taking our clothes off because there was no water. And um, remember the gangs controlled the gas pumps. And I mean, it was like, it was, and everybody's loaded up with a gun and all this crazy. And it's like the Middle East and everybody's got a gun and it's, everybody's got guns. There it is. I love you all. Thank you so much. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.